Nine hours, 15 minutes. We got here, folks. We got here, folks. Thank God it is Monday. You don't usually say those words, but in this case, (laughs) I'm saying it. Welcome in, everybody. Happy, happy Monday, one and all, to Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, my guy, Tone the Shields, hanging out on this Monday. Tone, how we doing, man? How How ready are you for this game? I'm as ready as I'm going to be, man. You know what's so funny? On game days, I'm always uh, relatively on edge. But I feel good right about now. I feel good. I feel light. I feel okay. I woke up with football in my mind. I woke up with victory in my spirit. So I believe things are going to end up uh, – I think the, I think things are, going, things are going to be on the right side of things for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, okay. Again, I, I, I'm always nervous when the game starts. Because, you know, you want guys to be healthy. You want guys to play their best. You know what I mean? You you, you want guys to perform, right, on yeah. both sides. You want everyone you, you want everyone to really do their thing. But, um, yeah, man, th- th- this is going to be a, a hell of a matchup tonight. We And it's going to be rainy. It's going to be messy. We're going to break it all down today, you guys. Uh, it's going to be exciting. So we need you guys locked in today. I'm, I'm going to need your help to keep me grounded because it's, it's, um, I may be calm now, Rob. But as the show as the show goes, I'm going to slightly unravel. I'm going to start to rip at the same. I don't time. want you grounded. I don't want any generator on you, man. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. What's up, everybody? It's Joe Ho, Jason A Team, Philly 007, Decoy V, Mr. Taz, Brandon Rich, uh, James, uh, Jim G. If I missed you, hit hit us back again. Let's circle back and. You know, let's come right out of the shoot with predictions. I want our, our not us, not you and I, Tone, but I want our chat to hit us up with predictions. Senior Football V, give us some predictions today uh, and tell me what you think. Tell me what your gut is saying as we're about nine hours away from this bad boy finally, finally, mercifully uh, being kicked off, Tone. But you you just mentioned it, man. Um, I looked at the forecast, and it's going to be cold and rainy. So, all right, let's hit a couple of these. So, Twiz, it's, it's, it's Eagles let me, football let me it is on Twiz has got 33-28 Eagles, okay? Uh, Donnell goes 27-21 Eagles. Uh, senior football, 28-24 Eagles. Uh, who else? Let's see, Rome V, 27-20. A lot of, lot of games in the 20s. Bry Guy, Bry Guy's got a 24-20. Um, 25 20 for Philly double. It's an interesting score, 25 20. Okay, a little bit different. Uh, Rich 28 21. Let's see what William has 31 27. Chiefs, shocking, shocking there. Uh, our other William has 23 17 
Eagles. Father Sean checking in. 24-17 birds. Okay. All right. Decoy. 28-21. Uh, Shantasia. She, I think she's new to the chat. 27-21. Okay. Shantasia. Dynamic. See how many of these I could get to. <laughs> to. Uh, dynamic. 14. All right. Dynamic. That's a violation. We always need the, the, the higher score first. All right. I'm glad you had the Eagles there, but I need 17, 14 there. Uh, all right. Mr. Jazzy Arts, Chiefs 21, 14. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mr. Taz, Eagles win by a field goal within the last two minutes after an eight minute drive. Okay. Mm, now, I like money, that. money, I, man. I, I like the specifics. I like that. I don't know who wins that game, money, man. You got to be more specific there. I'm thinking he means Eagles. I think Brandon is another one. I think he means Eagles, but I need scores, people. Dynasty thinks the Chiefs. Okay. All right. It's a good little sample size here. V2423 Eagles. Chuck 3024 Eagles. Sean Clark chimes in. 3431. All right. Good. Good. Mm. Good participation from, from the class so far. You know what these scores tell me? All these scores tell me that everyone believes that this game is going to go down to the wire, which it will. And it's going to be exciting because you have two yeah. quarterbacks who are at the top of their class right now, guys who are playing tremendous football. Both of these guys have essentially turned the ball over um, an equal amount. I think Hertz has eight interceptions on the season. Uh, Mahomes has eight interceptions on the season, on the season as well. Mm -hmm. Both of these guys are at the top of their conferences. Once again, I think these two teams are on a collision course for Super Bowl 58. But again, man, it's going to be exciting, man. And I'm so excited to be able to be here with you, be here with the people so we can break this thing down to the nitty gritty, regardless if you're here for a good time or a long time. <laughs> Regardless, man, we're going to have some fun today. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And we're going to we're going to try and hit some key matchups for you, some under the radar matchups for you. We're going to look back at the at the history of Andy Reid here with the Eagles, and you know, yes. put in perspective what Sirianni's doing here uh, during you know his short tenure mm -hmm. so far. But it has been impressive, man, to say the least. That's for sure. All right, let me hit you with the Eagles question really early. Okay, and let's again, do it. let's get let's get everybody jumping in on this one too. All right, so here's the question I have for you, Tone. Finish this sentence. Okay. The best player on the field tonight will be dot dot dot. Who will DeAndre be Swift? DeAndre Swift. Okay. DeAndre I like Swift. It. I'm I going like out on the limb here. DeAndre Swift. Um, I'm not even going to let you finish a sentence. DeAndre Swift here, <laughs> because uh, here's how I'm looking at it, right? Yeah. And you know, some people may say, really, DeAndre Swift. What about Hurts? What about all the? That's not saying Hurts is going to have a bad game. But I think DeAndre Swift is going to be the best player on the field, on the offensive side at least, right? I think DeAndre Swift is going to be the best guy on the offensive side of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Because for all the things we mentioned earlier, right, this is going to be a very messy game, very rainy game, very cold game. Um, I think this is going to be one of those games where the Philadelphia Eagles are trying to maintain a balanced attack, kind of similar to what they kind of similar to what they did against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they didn't allow themselves to get forced into a, a gun show. With Dak Prescott, they you know they stuck to their guns. They, um, you know, they played their brand of football, which was physical. Um, they won on third down, and I think this is going to be a game where DeAndre Swift is going to do a lot of damage on first down. And um, I'm, I'm again, I'm going out on the limb here. I know he hasn't had the biggest of games over the past several weeks, but I, but just thinking about the Chiefs' run defense, which it, which isn't the greatest, um, it's still decent, but oh, yeah. But but it's 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 not it's it's not one of the better run defenses in in the NFL. Um, I think they can be had there. Um, so I, I'm rocking with DeAndre Swift in this game. I think DeAndre goes for over 100 yards, uh, one touchdown. Uh, so I, that'd be I, big I, to see the running yeah, game come back, man. Yeah, it, it will. It will. I feel it. 
I feel it. I'm put, I'm putting that energy into the zeitgeist. I can feel it. <laughs> All right, I'm going. I'm going defensive side of the ball. Okay. Uh, Why don't you do both? Do both. All right. Both. All right. Slay. Two picks. Get the hell out of here. Two picks for big play slay. All right. That's number one. Now I'm okay. going to the other side of the ball. You're going to be shocked by this one. You're going to be shocked. Julio Jones. Okay. Yeah. You're shocking me. I need to break this down. Let me understand. Goddard playing a little bit of that, that tight end, that sort of hybrid red zone. Uh, I'm telling you, man, Julio on one side, slay on the other side. Boom. Oh, man. Two dinosaurs going, you know, coming back for redemption. I ain't mad at it. Okay. OGs, right. man. Two OGs. The OG, triple OGs. But, you yes. know, it's, it's so funny because with Goddard being out, you expect more opportunities for other guys, right? I mean, you expect oh, more opportunities for Smith and Julio. I just wonder, like, how many more balls can A.J. Brown catch? I, and, and believe me, I don't care if he catches 25 tonight. Great. As long as the ball is moving down the field. But I think somebody else is going to get some distribution from that. I think it's going to be Devontae to an extent, like, over the course of these next – by the way, good news on this, too. Let me just throw this out there. Goddard not placed on the IR. Yeah, I heard about that. That is big. That tells me that they think he's going to be back sooner rather than later. What um, game do you think he'll be back for? I, I, You know what? I think he could be back – San Fran or Dallas? Interesting. Think about it. He misses this one, right? He misses, he misses next Buffalo. week against Buffalo. They've already had the bye. So that gets you about four weeks. I think that's the part that's being overlooked, the yeah. bye week. You know, because we talked, about, we talked about that prior. And yep. we said the bye was going to buy them some time. You know, yep. No pun intended. The bye will buy them some time. Um, but, but think about it. If you can get back from either one of the – let's, let's just – let's say Dallas. Let's forget okay. San Fran. You get him back for Dallas and Seattle. How big is that to get him back that quickly? I mean, this That's thing looked like maybe could be the year. It's, it, but that you know, it, it, good sign. Good, just a little, you know, not not to affect tonight, but a good sign going forward here. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you get the opportunity, you have to watch the unscripted episode on the Philadelphia Eagles YouTube channel. They, oh, which document- I love, by the way, they do yeah, an awesome job. They do, man. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles do an amazing job with their, um, you know, with their digital department. You know, their social media guys. Yep. Um, they do a tremendous job just, just the cinematography, the uh, the cinematography, the production they're the value, they're, yeah, I did. Um, they're, their, their, awesome. their, their ability to capture storylines and, and tell it and weave a narrative together. Um, the most recent episode, they documented um, Avante Maddox and, and Dallas Goddard's, um, you know, recovery from their injuries and, um, you know, how, you know, how impactful they were just from an emotional perspective. Right. And it's so fascinating because those guys, you know, they lived together for their first few years in the league and, you know, they're best friends. So it was kind of ironic that they both um, suffer some pretty, pretty bad injuries. Um, but Goddard essentially that bye week bought him a lot of time. And I think, I, I think Dallas is the, is the week he comes back. Uh, but really quick, going back to uh, your, for your initial question, who, yeah. who do I think is going to be the best player on the field? I gave you my offensive guy, right? Okay. DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre goes for 100 good, yards. Good one, though. I, li- I like that. And a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but also, when I say over 100 yards, I mean over 100 all-purpose yards. Yeah. Uh, for the simple fact that with Goddard being out, I think they're going to really lean heavily on guys like Julio, but I also think they're going to lean heavily on DeAndre in the passing game as well. So I think DeAndre goes over 100 for, um, all-purpose yards. Uh, but on, on the defensive side, um, I have this feeling, and maybe I'm going out on the limb here once again, which I love doing. Yeah. Um, I love being an outlier in most things. Uh, I think Kevin Byard has a big game. I know you said Swift has two interceptions. Yeah. I think I think I think Byard snags one for himself. 
Um, so that would give Slay one. Uh, you know, so Slay, Slay has to share the love. How dare you bit. take one away from Slay? No, he has to share the love a little bit. That's what well, I'm he, saying. Here, he, I, I, all right, I'll bring. I'm going to back your point here. He's played them a ton in his career, being an AFC guy. He's faced the playoffs and all. Yeah. You know, Andy and and Mahomes. He's faced them both a lot. So uh, he's got a lot of experience against them, which I think can only help. And he's coming off uh, his second bye. He's gotten two buys this year. Yeah. So he's going to be well rested, and I think he's really going to know the system a lot better. So that's Byard's an interesting uh, choice there, man. Very interesting choice. Yeah, I've been high on Byard, man. Like I, I, I'm expecting big things out of him. Um, I love I love his approach to the game. Uh, I love his mentality. I love the way he conducts himself. Uh, I just think I, I just think he can be. He can be that linchpin for the defense. Uh, they just need more time to get. They just need more time to get gelling. That's all. That's all I believe. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, it's nice. Good choices. Good choices. So yeah, again, you want to keep throwing them our way, uh, please, please do. Father Sean says Travis Kelsey generally doesn't play well against Bayard. Okay, interesting, interesting, interesting. I, I, I gotta look into that. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't broken down the numbers of the head-to-head when when they have uh, they have faced one another. But I, I think it is. God, there's so many choices, man. I mean, you think about it. We went away from the obvious Mahomes and, and you know, Hurts, A.J. Brown, Travis Kelsey. We went away from the usual suspects. We didn't even go Hassan Reddick or or Sweat, you know, for that matter. So there's oh, a lot wow. of different ways that you could go with this thing. I so, think Father Sean is on to something. I pulled up Travis Kelsey's stats over his career against the Titans. And uh, let me make sure I'm line, lining up the timeline correctly because Kevin Byard got to the Titans in what year? Let me double check this. I, I want to say I want to make sure I got this perfectly right. He he became a Tennessee Titan in the year 14? Two, 20, 2016. 16. 2016. All right. So 2016 is our is our cutoff point. Okay. So um since 2016, Travis Kelsey on December 18, 2016, when the Chiefs faced off against the Titans, he had three, he said he had three catches on five targets, 41 yards. Terrible game for day. him. Take that all day. Yep. The following the following game, they played three years later in 2019, November 10th, 2019. Um, seven catches, seven targets, 75 yards, one touchdown. Still That's a pretty a good game. That's a good game. It's solid, but I, I can live with that. Yeah. Um, and then uh in 2021, October 24th, uh 12 targets, seven catches, 65 yards, average just nine yards a catch. I, I can live with that from a guy yeah. like Travis Kelsey, you know. And then in 2022, um, was his biggest game from a yardage perspective. Um, 17 targets, 10 catches, um, 106 yards. Um, but he had to, he had to grind it out though. 17 targets on 10 catches, he had to grind those yards out. So, so I mean, one, I would say one you would categorize one big game, uh, a couple yeah, of solids yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. A, and a not great uh, for the yeah, so, mean, Other than that last game, if you gave me any of those other numbers, I'd probably say okay, I'll sign up for it. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll sign up for any of these days, really. Um, even the last one, seventeen targets, ten catches, one hundred six yards. A lot of average. targets, man. Seventeen. It's, it's a it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of targets. It's a lot of targets, and I think it's going to be similar tonight. Um, but he he pretty much got those yards. Pretty much got that yardage based on volume, not the fact that he was breaking their backs. Yeah. So, um, I can live with that. I, my thing is, I don't want Travis Kelsey to break my back for 15, 20 plus yard catches. That's what I don't want. No if doubt. He's, if he's catching eight yard catches here. A nine-yard catch there. Yeah, I mean, we you got to go in. He's going to get his. I he, can live with that. Yeah, it's the uh, you. What can happen is what happened in the Super Bowl tone, and I know he's not there anymore. But like Smith Schuster doing what he did, Sky Moore doing what he did. I can't have the mediocre to bad. Let's let's face it, receivers hurting Slay and, and Bradbury because that's right. going to be a sign tone. 
that it wasn't just that these guys needed rest or they were a little bit banged up. It's kind of that this thing's this thing's going the wrong way if those guys are putting up big numbers against you. That that to me would be a telltale bad sign if that's the case. Like I can again, if Kel- Kelsey does it against everybody, whatever, but those guys can't do it. You can't allow those guys to to hurt you the way that they they could. So do you think the Eagles make it a concerted effort to force Patrick Mahomes to elevate those other guys and um, and ch- try to try to eliminate Kelsey out of the game plan entirely? I mean, it's going to be hard, but yeah, do, do you think it's one of those things where they're going in? Okay, we're going to make everyone else try to beat us. Not Charles. Kelsey's not going to beat us today. Everyone yeah. else has to show up. I think so. I mean, I think I, I do think that. I, and I think easier said than done. He's still going to get, like I said, no matter what you do, he's going to get his, and that's fine. Look, he they did it. It was weird. He got off early in that first drive in the Super Bowl, then was quiet for long stretches. And then towards the very end of the game, he's again he started to, to reemerge. You figure whatever you did in between, try and get back to that. Um is the easiest way that I would put it. Um, you know, it's it, it's weird because you, you try and draw all these comps from the Super Bowl. Eagles have two different coordinators now, which changes things up a lot. Uh, they're, they're, the the Chiefs have two new tackles on the offensive line. The Chiefs have new receivers uh, than they had last year. I mean, it, look, I think they're, the large majority of both rosters are still there, but I don't know that you can draw all of these parallels. Mm-hmm. And I do it too. We all do it. It's natural. It was a Super Bowl, right. of course. But I don't know that it's going to be exactly the same. The Chiefs' defense is better. Their offense isn't as good, right? The Eagles are great against the run, where they weren't last year. And they're bad against the pass, where they were number one last year. So there's a lot of differences between this year and last year. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And, you know, I'm looking at this from the perspective of this, as much as we love to compare it to what happened in the Super Bowl, this is an entirely different situation. And as much as we want revenge for what happened in the Super Bowl, winning this game doesn't get you a Super Bowl ring in Philadelphia. Let's make that clear, right? Yeah. It's exciting to talk about. It's exciting to you know appreciate and um, you know the narratives and the storylines. Yeah, we all we all talk about from that perspective. For me, at least, it's all about just beating this team, proving that you can beat them, no matter the circumstance. Just prove that you can beat them, right? That's the first step yep. because there's a chance you may see them again. You know, I don't want I don't want us. I don't I, I don't even want the players. I, I doubt they will, but I don't want anybody to just get so wrapped up in this matchup that we forget the bigger goal here. Mm-hmm. Because I think the Eagles are going to win this game. Don't get it twisted. But if they don't, it's not the end of the world in the grand scheme of things. Um, the Eagles have to win their NFC matchups. They got to make sure they have the best um, record in the conference. Now, obviously, winning this game helps you with that. But I don't want us to get too wrapped up in this whole revenge factor because it's not we, – we're not – this this doesn't change what happened. Right. Right? It doesn't change anything. Now, it's exciting, like I said, but it doesn't change what happened. So I just want us, I want us to keep it, keep it all in perspective. And let's go, into this, let's go into this matchup with the right mindset. And let's just try to go one and no this week. Well, I I think too, you're right. Number one. And number two, let me add to it. If you lose, let, let's say you play a really tight, you lose 28, 27. I hope that doesn't happen, but let's just say that that's the case. And it's not a game where you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's just, you know, Kansas city's really good and you lose the game. It doesn't mean the Eagles can't win the super bowl. They're on the road. They're an underdog. They're going against a guy who's the best ever coming out of a bye in the history of head coaches. And they're going against Mahomes, who's a you know a future Mount Rushmore goat. A lot of like, things go against them right now. Yeah. So again, I'm just trying to. I, I, I don't want to go in being a wet blanket. I'm just saying if they lose, don't chalk this up as oh my god, they have no chance this year. That's 
It's not the way it works. They'll be okay if, if they lose this game, especially if we don't see bad habits. I don't want to see turnovers. Right. I don't want to see the secondary get torched by mediocre receivers. I don't want to see those bad habits and those those things that we saw early in the year. But if you lose a game that's a hard-fought battle, it's a different story than, than what it could look look like otherwise. I agree. I you know I agree. I agree hundred percent. You know, uh, you know we're going to talk about the coaching matchup as well later on. Yep. Sirianni and Andy Reid and all that kind of stuff. Um, and this, you know, th- th- there's something I want to throw at you later on. Um, I don't know if I should give it to you now, so give you can think me. on Let's it. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. You know, Andy Reid spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. He spent a lot of time in Kansas City. Obviously, yep. most of his success has come there. Yep. Um, we we know Andy Reid. He's given the Philadelphia Eagles a lot of good years, a lot of optimistic years. But still couldn't necessarily get it done when it mattered most. Um, several several um, NFC Championship appearances in a row. Yep. Still couldn't get over the hump, but one time and you still losing the Super Bowl. Granted to um, a young Tom Brady, but I got to ask you this: Although Andy Reid has done what he's done for the Philadelphia Eagles franchise, would you consider his time here as a failure? No, no, I wouldn't. Disappointing that they didn't win one when they should have. Yes, disappointing and failure to me. There's a there's a line there. Um, he took over a team that was in the toilet in 1999, and mm-hmm. by 2000 they were in the playoffs. By about 2001 or two, perennial deep playoff team. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that a tone. I would say that. The big thing, too, is he established a philosophy and a culture with Joe Banner and Howie and Jeffrey Lurie that they still use a lot of those principles today. Mm-hmm. They do. I mean, their approach offensively is get a lead passing and then you start running the ball. Don't give up the big plays on the defensive side, although his defensive coordinator was more aggressive, Jim Johnson. But no, no, I would not say that. I would say he absolutely should have at least won one here. And that part is disappointing. And it was time to move on, by the way, too. He was ready to go. They were ready to go. But no, I wouldn't say disappointing. I would say one and four in NFC championship games is not good enough. And oh, one, the Super Bowl is not good enough. But failure is tough for me. No, I'd say disappointing. How about you? You know, it's all about perspective, right? You know, when you can, when you look at, when you think about the grand scheme of things, okay, the Eagles were in the taller in the 90s. Uh, new ownership comes in, Jeffrey Lowry, they hire Andy Reid to drag down at McNabb. If, you know, they change the entire uniform. They're going through a whole revamp, a whole retooling. And uh, Andy Reid essentially shows them how to build a roster, right? You know, from yeah. the trenches on from the trenches on out. You know, when you think about it from that perspective, yeah, you know, he didn't fail at all because he kind of laid a blueprint for Philadelphia, um, you know, for the future and now. Um, but then when you think about the playoff runs and always coming so close and having these moments where you're supposed to win the game, yet – yet your team looks like they're completely unprepared, um, being terrible in clock management situations, which is true about Andy Reid and his past in the most critical situations. Yep. Um, you have four consecutive – or was it four or five consecutive championship appearances? I can't remember. No, it wasn't consecutive, but they went one and four in championship games. Okay, in his tenure, they had four NFC championship appearances. Um, you only won one of them. Yep. Um, you actually get through, and then you lose the game because – your team in so many in, in different areas kind of looked overwhelmed. Yeah. Me personally, and, and again, perspective is everything. You've been covering this team and following this team much longer than I have. I was born in 94. Yeah. The best years that I've seen were 99 going forward, the Andy Reid era, right? I can't help but feel like 
Andy Reid failed in delivering the big one. Now, okay. some may say, well, Tone, you inherited a very, very um, – you you inherited a, a, a moment in Philadelphia Eagles time that was much better than the previous. You know what I mean? So one one can argue, oh, you sound kind of spoiled. And I would argue you're damn right. Because I look at it like this, right? You have so four opportunities. Okay. You only break through once. And then on, on many of those opportunities, people had you as the as the favorite. Right. Against the Panthers. Weren't they the favorite? They were the favorite in the Bucks game. Which is the last game at the vet, which they lost. The Panthers game, which yep, they lost, two. and they were favored. They were favored to beat the Falcons, and they yep. were favored against, I believe, Arizona as well. So, so yeah, four yeah. games you were the favorite, and you lost. And well, you, you want you beat you won, you won, you won, you beat you won one, yeah, yeah, but 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 you blew it three other times when you were the favorite. Correct. Your team, your team was universally known as being better, the better coaches the better players, the better quarterback, however you want to slice it, and you still couldn't get over the hump. See, I guess I'd look at it this way. If you're asking it open-ended, like a failure is Brandon Staley with the Chargers. That guy's a failure. Yes, he's that is a failure. He's, he's going to get canned after a couple of years. That's a failure. Andy Reid to be a consistent winner and not win it is disappointing for me, not failure. That's, that's, that's I guess, the line that I would draw. You know what I mean? I, I would draw. I, I think there's a fine line, but I get what you're saying. I mean, that's why I say it was time to move on. I mean, think about this too. Doug Peterson closed the deal. His yeah. met his protege, Doug. You know, Doug was Andy's protege, and he right. was able to do something that, that Andy couldn't do. And circumstances matter. Don't get it twisted. I understand. Yeah. I understand the difference in circumstances. But when you establish a standard, right? Yeah. The Eagles. The, the Eagles had a standard set. NFC Championships. That was a standard. That was yeah. the floor. So we, we experienced that. We, we, we accept that. Right. So when so when you so when you establish the floor. And you can't get off the floor. That's a that's a problem for me, at least for me. Now, if we were the, if we were the Bears and all of a sudden that, that's a different conversation, you, you better be grateful for making it where you made it. But the Philadelphia Eagles have some solid history, even though they had that weird era. But they had some solid history in the 2000s where we're great. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's that was your floor. At what point do we say, okay, this is not enough here? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And there, then it comes to Nick Sirianni. You know, he made it to a Super Bowl in his second season. The first, his first season, he made it to a, a wild card game. You know, okay, so he's slowly the the floor is starting to rise now. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So at this point, we're all looking at this season as, as a Super Bowl of bust. Oh, it's now expectation. Like where and that's my thing. Expectations are is, and I think it's the the where I'm at with it. When you establish that expectation, right? It's like okay, at what point do we stop giving credit just for showing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I look. I agree with you. I mean, I think we're there with Sirianni. Like his first year, when you take over a four win team to get them in the playoffs, even though they get smoked out by Tampa, who cares? Like you're you're like okay, this is headed in the right direction, and it looks like Jalen Hurts could be the guy. Mm-hmm. Let's not lie and pretend like everybody was on board. It was a lot of sort of let's wait and see. Anyway, so you get to the next year and you shred through the regular season. And it looks like, you know, your your quarterback is on pace to either be the MVP or be the runner-up. We know he was the runner-up. But you have a quarterback in place. You have a coach in place. You have a team that got within three points of winning a Super Bowl. Now, nothing short of winning it is acceptable. Like if, if you don't win the Super Bowl this year, Tone, it's a disappointment. It's a total disappointment this season. Failure, disappointment, whatever, whatever term we want to use. 
That's where we're at. Nothing. Like, I don't want to hear, oh, uh, they, they played a great NFC championship game and lost. Screw that. Like, you no. got to win it now. You gotta because they the have the pieces. Home. That's yeah. the thing. It's because you have the pieces. Yeah. You know, it's not like a situation where you overachieve. It's like, oh, we're just happy to be here. We're not supposed to be here, right? No. You think about those Andy Reid teams. They weren't just happy to be there. They deserved to be there. They had the pieces. The Nick Sirianni era, two years in a row, you had the pieces to win it all. So I can't help but to say if Nick Sirianni doesn't get it done this year, it's a failure. I can't help but feel that way because you have the pieces. You have the infrastructure. You have the quarterback, right? You have the, you have the weaponry. You have the defensive line, the offensive line. You have that. Sure, your team has its deficiencies, but relatively, you're prepared to win it all just as well as anybody else. Yeah. And you make it to super. You make it to the Super Bowl last year. You lose by three points. You make it back and you lose again. That's a failure to me. Yeah. I can't help but feel that way. And again, I'm coming from the perspective of a 28 year old who grew up mainly in the Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb era that has been spoiled with success. So yeah. I'm willing to be fully transparent with the fact that I've been spoiled. No, I get it. I, I I think it's fair that you're saying that because if you if you've lived through some of the real slop. It, it, it does make you appreciate it a little bit more. You're, you're lucky. I mean, for the most part, you've had good Eagles football your whole life, for the most part. A couple down yeah. years, no doubt. But for the most part, you have. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I think it, it, that's the beauty of life, isn't it? I mean, it all, whatever shoes you walk in, you see things differently. Whatever, that's your own prism, right? I mean, it really yeah. is. And that's, that's okay. And by the way, it's okay if we don't agree with it with each other. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. But listen still- though, when the OGs talk, like when you and D Gun let me know. Okay, no, well, Tone, hear me out on this. Yeah, this was a from here on on. This was terrible. Yeah. So, so this is all right. You got to you got to take the good with the bad. I, I respect the history. No, I know, and you I respect do. The, you, the perspective for sure. Listen, and I respect your opinion uh, as well. I mean, I I just remember after my first memory is Dick Vermeil. Okay, right. as the coach, the years after Vermeil. Oh, I mean, it, it was Marion Campbell and they, and who was the defensive coordinator for Vermeil, but he wasn't a good head coach. So that, that, and that team was getting old and they stunk the early years of buddy Ryan. You could, it was interesting and you could see, Oh boy, this is going to get really crazy, but they weren't good very early on. And then once Seth and all those guys and Reggie and all those guys sort of hit their stride, it was like, boom, unfortunately they didn't win the playoffs. Then, you know, you had Rich Kotite. It was a bad era. Ray Rhodes had a little bit of a, of a good start. Then it was a bad era. Then it was Andy Reid, right? So, I mean, it was a lot of highs and lows during mm. that period, which made you appreciate the consistency of Reid. That's that's what it did more than anything else, you know? I so, I, look, interesting. Interesting talking point. As a matter of fact, let's let's break and let's stay on that theme. I want to stay on the Reid thing. Just to kind of put it in perspective what he's done with the Chiefs, what he did with the Eagles, mm. and and uh, this is also a way to to highlight what Nick Sirianni's done under under his very short tenure here. So we'll do that all. Uh, by the way, at twelve thirty, Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad is going to join us. The Phillies uh, locked up. I didn't think I did not think we'd be talking about. Yeah, this you you thought he was out the door. I thought he was out the door. Seven years, a buck seventy two, which actually. The AAV, which is the average annual value, 24.7 is good. The problem is, is he still going to be good seven years from now? So we'll talk to Anthony about that, about the Flyers. Flyers have won five straight. Best best stretch they've had since 2019-2020. Sixers win again yesterday. They're off to a 10-3 and start. So things are pretty darn good in Philadelphia sports across the board for all four teams. So, We'll do all that with Anthony at 1230, but we will come back and we're going to look at the coaches now. And and then at 12 o'clock, we'll dig into the matchups, the key matchups in this game. So you don't want to go anywhere. That's Tone. 
I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right now, I'm going to tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I'm thrilled that they are a part of the channel, part of the show. Family owned since 1985. You get Alex and the crew in there. I was in there Friday. Friday, I get the wings. I shook it up a little bit. Yes, I got crazy. I got the wings. I didn't get the pizza. Uh, and they were spectacular. In fact, uh, I ordered a ton and I saved. I got them in the fridge. I might be dipping in those bad boys a little bit later. Uh, but just unbelievable food. 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have specialized pizza. However you want it, they will make it. They have slices to go. But like I said, it's not just pizza. They have pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. And you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, PA. Their phone number, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower, 
on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Monday game day. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Yes, we've all been waiting with bated breath for this bad boy. Finally. Oh, Tone, let's uh let's throw Gunner's information up there and let, let's pin it in the chat if we could, please. Uh to mention it to you uh during the break. So let's let's go to that first and foremost. Um uh, so Derek uh and his wife Trish are dealing with um so pretty serious medical issues. Um, in, in fact, it, it, you know, I've been telling people it's not a linear climb. It's a windy road and there's been some rough patches of late, but hopefully things are on the right path here. Um, so long story short, you can connect either in the chat where Tone has it pinned or go to Derek Gunn's Facebook page where the GoFundMe is set up for Trish and Derek. And there's a full explanation of, of what's going on with Trish and the family and uh, what they have in front of them. So far, uh, $33,400 of the $50,000 goal has been raised. If you could, please, anything that you can do uh, to assist would be great. And if you can't, again, just just some good thoughts and some good vibes and some prayers. And hey, even if you don't believe, just, just high thoughts of D-Gun, man, um, and Trish. So anyway, the best that you can do is whatever you can do. Uh, and there it is. Tone just put it up right there. All you, can, all you do is if you're if you're streaming us, just click on that or just go to Derek's Facebook page as well. So uh, we appreciate you uh, all that you have guys have done already. So thank you. Yeah, man, you guys have been tremendous. You know, the GoFundMe hasn't even been up that long and um, we're already more than halfway uh, to the goal. So you guys have been absolutely tremendous. Um, I know my man, you know, me and the wife have, uh, you know, we, we donated over the weekend. So we're just trying to make sure we keep. Deacon and his family, you know, in our prayers, and um, you know, he'll he'll be he'll be back soon, you guys. I yeah, know you will. guys have been, I know you guys have been asking for him all weekend, the past couple of weeks. I know you guys are getting tired of me, so I, you know, I, but listen, I, I I got you guys. I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my do my best, Derek Gunner impression while I'm here, while also trying to beat myself. But I appreciate you guys for always locking in with the show. And Deacon will be back soon. You know, he's yeah. got him. He has to make sure you know he's everything's all good in the home front. So, um, you know, just sit tight, you guys. Continue to be as great as you always been. And we're going to have some fun, um, you know, you know, for D Gun and his family. So, um, again, more than halfway towards the goal. Um, we're grateful for you guys for always showing love and the constant support means a lot to us and definitely means a lot to um, Trish Gunn and Derek Gunn as well. Well said. Well said. All right. So let's stay on the uh, on the coaching theme here. All right. So just just for some perspective, uh, Andy Reid with the Eagles from 1999 to 2012 was 130 and 93. That's a 583 winning percentage keep in mind you know he inherited a very bad team that first year 
Um, mm-hmm. He won six NFC East titles. He made a Super Bowl appearance in Super Bowl 39. The Eagles lost to the Patriots. He then left the Eagles and went right to Kansas City for 2013. This is unbelievable. So 2013 to present, he's won two Super Bowls. He's gone 124 and 47, which is a 725 win percentage. The Chiefs have won the AFC West seven straight years. Mm. So he's gone there and been dominant. And and what he also did was move up in the draft to take Patrick Mahomes when a lot of people viewed him as a bit of a project. Anyway, so it's been um, nothing short of an amazing run for him. Um, and, and you think about the guy's been coaching now for 20, what, five straight years since 99. This is his 25th straight season coaching the NFL. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Damn. That's that's a long time to be doing anything. It's crazy. Honest. It's but also, crazy. it's a long time to be doing it at a high level. Yeah. And it's so hard to stay involved in this game and um, not always rely on what you've done and the way you've done things, but to always try to stay ahead of the curve and listen to young people when they're talking and just always trying to reinvent yourself. Uh, it's one of the hardest things to do in any business, right? You know, just staying staying current with you know the, with the latest trends in your respective industries. I'm pretty sure any of you guys in the live chat, whatever work you guys do, whatever your career path is, I'm sure it's always a challenge, you know, trying to keep up either with, either with the young folk um, or even uh, it's just a challenge just keeping up with the trends. Yeah, you know, coming, the, you got to come out of your role. comfort zone. Exactly. Andy, Andy Reid is a guy who incorporated the college, uh, you know, a lot of the college trends into into his, his NFL work with Patrick Mahomes. He's also a guy who's very open to, hey, what are you seeing? What do you think we need to do here? Like you never, you didn't see him sit over on the bench nearly as much with Donovan as he does with Patrick Mahomes. And I think part of that is his growth. And that's impressive for a 60 something year old coach to, to, to be that guy. Yeah, man. Um, it's so funny. You know, when you, like I said, Andy Reed constantly standing ahead of the curve. You got all these young guys, all these young hot shots that they talk about and uh, you know, Sean McVay and Mike McDaniel. Right. Back um, the floor or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, uh, who, who else can we put into that category? You know, Nick Sirianni is a, is a younger coach, but he is yeah. the youngest. And he doesn't really get necessarily the type of credit or the type of praise that a Sean McVay or Mike McDaniel gets. Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota is a younger guy. Yeah. Kevin O'Connell, right? He gets a lot of praise for yeah. his offensive creativity. Uh, it's hard. You know, the, this game is a young man's game, no matter, no matter what your role is. Yet he still found a way to appeal to the players. And you got to get credit where credit is due. You know, it, it kind of makes you, you know, look at Nick Sirianni like, okay, how far can he take this thing with the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, how much equity can he build up in the organization? Um, can he win a Super Bowl? Um, what will the Super Bowl do for, uh, you know, his his tenure as a Philadelphia Eagles head coach? I mean, with Doug, we thought Doug would be here for forever. And all of a sudden, it, it ended the way it ended. So that just goes to show you a Super Bowl win doesn't necessarily change anything because the Philadelphia Eagles have a way of the, a way of doing business the way they want to do business. And if you don't necessarily align with that, they have no problem moving on for you, no matter what you provided. Um, so um, Nick Sirianni, as much as we as much as we crave his success in the, in the Super Bowl, um, as long as he continues to play ball the way the Eagles want him to play ball, you know, he'll be here for a long time as long as he's winning as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, man, Nick Sirianni so far so good, man. He has a win percentage what that's above seventy percent thus far. Yeah, I mean, Nick Sirianni is is thirty one and twelve, which is a seven twenty one win. Not bad, not not bad at all. Unbelievable. I mean, we're we're not even through this year. 
you know, we're, yeah. we're, all, we're all projecting them to be in double digits in terms of wins. So yeah. it's going to be higher once the season ends. But yeah. uh, so the other thing with, with Reed is since he's gotten there, I think he's gotten better as a coach. I think he, yeah. if you remember tone, he's gotten better or he's getting better quarterback play. Well, I think it's both. Here's what I mean by the first part. He he was wearing both hats in terms of, I know Howie was the GM, but Andy was, it was the chief decision maker in the front office. And he said, even by his own admission, when he left the Eagles, he was like, it was getting to be too much for me. I just want to coach in Kansas City. And it's not to say he doesn't have say in things. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have to deal with the day-to-day stuff as much in terms of the control. Brett Veach is a very good general manager who came from the Eagles, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helped him as a coach. And I think th- this is where I also give him credit. Back to your point is I think he's, I think he's more willing to, to adapt He's more like an example is the Super Bowl. Okay, the, he doesn't want to run necessarily. We know that about Andy Reid, but guess what was working in the Super Bowl? Running the ball. So he ran Isaiah Pacheco a lot. I, I don't know. He was a little more stubborn when he was here with the Eagles. So mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit more willing. Um, and I think that's that has to be taken into account. And and yes, getting Patrick Mahomes is a game changer. It's a franchise changing, altering history kind of move. But he played it smart with him. He didn't force him out there. Remember Alex Smith, you know, was the starter. He let him sort of learn. And once he he basically took the training wheels off, Patrick Mahomes was was a Harley. You know what I mean? So it was on once that happened. And that's also, it's, there's a temptation to just throw that guy right out there. And he didn't do it. Yeah, you know, I think what you said earlier, right? A lot of teams thought Mahomes was a project. Um Maybe they felt the same, and that's why they didn't throw him out there as early. Plus, also, not many teams have the luxury of having um, a relatively average or slightly above average quarterback in Alex Smith to kind of be the bridge between you and your future quarterback. And also, um, not many teams have a quarterback on the roster that's willing to play ball in that way. And what I mean by that is Alex Smith knew what it was. He knew what the expectation was. He knew that he knew his time at Kansas City was – pretty much do um but he still played his role and welcomed Patrick Mahomes and didn't necessarily create any friction or create a toxic environment yeah um not many teams have that luxury everything kind of everything kind of fell into place perfectly for Andy Reid around that time um and that's not to take away from his football acumen um he's one of the he's one of the sharpest doing this thing but let's be frank about this you know you want to see a good head coach well show me a really really good quarterback and a good team Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I look, I think that's fair. I, I think it's, it, it's the other thing I think that he's done. It, it, he, he's adaptable, but he also has these core philosophies, which really work in this league. Like it might me seem, may seem like a little thing. And I know it annoyed Eagles fans, but he would never throw one of his players under the bus. He gave you the boring, I got to do a better job. And we'd all sit there like, come on, dude, say something. Right. But you know who appreciates that? The players. Because there is, you will never hear Andy Reid call a guy out on the carpet. He'll blame himself before he blames any of them any day of the week, or he'll just give you nothing. So that creates a loyalty. And you talk to any of the guys who played with him, Mike Reese, you know who I who I talk to a good amount, like any of these guys, they freaking love him, love him. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think Sirianni's very similar. You know, in, in different ways, like he's going to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more colorful when he talks and 
He's emotional. You're going to see him, you know, jumping up and down tears, the whole thing. They're different in that sense. But Sirianni is also a guy who really has his players' backs and connects with his players. That helps for longevity, I think. No, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Sirianni takes a lot of bullets, not only the players. Um, he takes a lot of bullets for his, for his coaching staff as well. You know, throughout the season, we've had a lot of questions about both Brian Johnson and Sean Desai, and we've questioned their decision-making on several instances. Yet, Sirianni jumps out the window for those guys, and he goes as far to say, oh, no, I was completely comfortable with, you know, with that move, or, um, yeah, that was my decision, or so on and so forth. He constantly falls on a sword for a lot of guys. Um, some would argue unnecessarily. Um, some would some would argue that there's a way to do it without necessarily seeming like you're giving a guy a pass. Um, you know, there's a nuance to communication. Sure. And uh, there's always a fine line between um, holding a guy accountable and then throwing him under the bus. There's a fine line between it that not many coaches are able to walk. Um, I think Nick Sirianni finds himself on the right side of things. He'll he'll rather be good with it. He'll rather be good in-house. Then, uh, you know, look then, good to the public. Then, then look good to the public. Yeah, no, no greater and, example and, and, than, the, than right. the plant metaphor. And you, and you have to, yeah. Even if you don't like it, you have to respect it. You know what I mean? Uh, again, there are moments where I say to myself, Nick, you're talking too much. You know, that's my, that's my only gripe really with Nick Sirianni. I feel like sometimes he just shares too much, or he. Feels but you know what, Tone? If you really listen to it now, he'll sort of talk in circles, but he's not giving you a lot. Like. I, I I mean that in a good way. Like he, he, you, I think he used to share too much. Now it's just sort of babbly, but yeah. it's not. But, but I think that's my point, right? He's it's like, yeah. you said what you said. We got you. Yeah. It's like, he's, he's like fine. He's like saying the same thing in like these yeah. two or three different ways. I'm like, you said what you said. All right. That's what it is. You know what I mean? It's nothing more, nothing less. You know, to your point, he did kind of talk too much earlier on. Now, when I say he talks too much, it's about, it's just the talking in circles. It's like, Bro, you're good. You're the head coach. What yeah. you say goes. You don't have to. You don't. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. I, yeah, I think he's also he gets it a little bit more in terms of. Uh, he, he talked about this when the Eagles were playing the Cowboys leading into that game. He said, you know, last last year, what I think it was his first year, he wore a shirt that said "Beat Dallas" or something yeah. like that, or it's Dallas Week. I think no, it's no, no, it was. It, it was Beat Dallas. All sure. right, Beat Dallas. Yeah. So yeah, then, yeah. then he said, "You know what? I learned from that because if I'm putting more emphasis on Dallas, what does that say about the you know, whoever we play next?" He said, "I learned from that. I'm not going to do that again." I, I, you know, to a to learn from it and b to admit that publicly, I like that. I, I like that he isn't afraid to turn over play calling, even though things looked really, you know, bad when they were two and five. He turned it over, even though that may be may some may view that as a weakness. That hey, you're not good enough. He didn't. He said, I want to, I want to be able to just manage the entire game here. I think he's got a really quiet um, confidence and security in his own skin that he's not afraid to do things that people may look at as being weaknesses. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, I agree with you in terms of like, like giving up play calling. Right. And um, I wouldn't necessarily call it quiet confidence right he, he he's he's he, he could be very uh random well quiet in that he's not afraid to do something maybe a little bit unconventional i guess quiet's probably not the right word but he'll be a little unconventional i guess right right so right given a play calling you know i took that as a positive right um obviously they're two and five it's nothing positive by being two and five but you know at the end of the day when you're trying to get to a certain when you're trying to get to a certain destination when you have certain goals in mind um ego was not going to get you there right um being prideful is not going to get you there no matter how you want to slice did how we step in or did Nick 
give up play calling himself. Who was who made Nick was it Jeffrey Lord? Who made Nick give up play calling? We can debate that to those to the cows come home. But the result was he decided to give it up. They went on a pretty deep, they went on a pretty solid win streak. Um, they managed to get into the playoffs, and you saw Jalen Hurts turn a corner. So regardless of the regardless of the premise behind him giving it up, the, the fact of the matter is he had to put his ego to the side and his pride to the side for the betterment of the team. Because even if it let's let's say it wasn't his decision, right? Let's say Howie or Jeffrey Lurie said, "Look, Nick, you're not getting it done. We got we got let the OC let the OC call plays." Right? Let's say it wasn't his fault. Yeah, he could have he could have self imploded. No, he could have. He, he could have been self destructive to the overall goal. He could have put his own personal ambitions ahead, but yeah. he didn't. Yeah. So regardless if it was his decision or not, he had to roll with the punches, and he had to be he had to have a high level a, a level of self awareness to allow this team to be successful um, despite in spite of his ego. And you got to give credit when credit is due when it comes to that. Well, I think the other thing just about this game, I, I wonder how he views it. He's a very competitive guy. You know, he's prideful. He hasn't beaten Reed. You know, obviously he was on the grandest of stages, the other, you know, the Super Bowl. And then he, I think he's, he's 0 and 2, I believe. And Andy's yeah. 3 and 0 as a chief's coach, but the other one wasn't against him. Right. But nonetheless, does he have to guard against becoming making this personal or getting too emotional mm. about it rather than just focusing on the football game, not the the ego part of it where it's me against Andy, you know, and that kind of – I think there is a – That's a really good question. The um, discipline there that you have to have to have for to win. Yeah, you're not, you're not far off at all, and I think that goes for anybody, right? If uh, if you're in competition with another company that you, that, that you used to work for, um, and they keep getting, they keep edging you out. They keep getting the better of you. You can't help but to every time you guys match up, or when, if, if it's if it's as simple as how much company your makes, ver- how much company, how much money your company makes versus how much they make, and you're constantly in this this pseudo competition. It's near impossible for you to eliminate the human element, the human element of it. Yeah. Um. I think there is this sliver of him that wants to beat Andy Reid. Um. I think there is this sliver of him that wants to beat the Chiefs. Um. I'm pretty sure in his heart of hearts, he wants to crush these guys. You know, that's the competitive side. You know, when you play – but I, I don't think it's Chiefs-specific, but I think there's a little extra sauce on it, you know, in, in terms of this matchup. But I don't think it's Chiefs-specific. I think I think Nick Sirianni, just based off the way he's made up, you know, Jalen Hurts and those guys, I think they want to lay hands and feet on any opponent. Oh, you sure, know what sure. I mean? No, no, you know, yeah. but, but as far as this matchup specifically, I think there is a little extra seasoning um, on <laughs> – uh, yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah, just, just a little pinch, a little pinch of uh, I, I, I want to yeah. get these guys exactly. And like, and we talked about this earlier, uh, last week, they're going to be dropping that Super Bowl banner, um, tonight, yeah. So, listen, man, if, if you don't call that someone trying to piss in your cereal, I don't know, well, I don't, yeah, right. I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it. If your lasting memory is confetti coming down in February and then you're going to watch that on top of it tonight, you know, I, I smell motivation. Like yeah. that, that to me, that's a, that's gunpowder right there is what that is. Yeah. Motivation or it can be, it can either be motivation or it can be a distraction. Yeah. You, then this is where you got to be the discipline that you got, you got to have the, 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 the mental discipline to be able to just use that as fuel and not let it get you out of you outside of yourself, which some players and teams can't do. I see, I let that, that to me is an area. I think the Eagles will be fine. Like, I don't think they're going to come in. 
out of their mind, cheap shot, retaliation, late hit, dumb football. I don't, I can't remember a lot of games with them under Nick Sirianni where I, I came away saying they played dumb football today. You know what I mean? There have been games, yeah, mistakes and pass interference, but not, not dumb football. They they've been, fra- dumb they, they've football. been fairly disciplined, right? They've been yeah. fairly disciplined. Let me ask you a quick question before we go to break. Tonight's matchup, what's your biggest fear? Going into this game, Eagle your secondary, big, your biggest Eagle secondary all day, all day, all day, every day. I, I, I don't worry about the Eagles' offense necessarily. I think the running game will get back on track. You talked about Swift earlier. Uh, I worry that we're going to see some of the same patterns that we've seen all year, and they're facing the best quarterback that they faced all year, and uh, and Mahomes and Andy carving up slay Bradbury, Roby, uh, Blankenship, you know, whatever, whoever's in there. That's my biggest fear. It's not just Travis Kelsey. It's just the, the passing game in general, passing game defense in general is what scares me the most. Mm. Hands down. Yeah, I would have to uh I would have to concur. You know, as, as much as we try to build these guys up, as much as we try to uh, wave the flag here, uh the reality is they there are legit concerns, you know, you know, with that with that group. Yeah. And they have no other option but to play their best football. They have no choice. There is no other alternative. This is the final leg of the season. There's a lot at stake here. And um, if this team wants to even smell a Super Bowl, I'm not saying they have to turn into being the best pass defense in the league, but they have to play better. They have have to to play better. They got to play better, especially on third down. Tone, here's the other thing. And we'll get into this. We're we're doing a whole full-blown. We'll close the show out with all the games yesterday and everything. Detroit won. San Fran won, Dallas won. You're yes, you're looking at this game, and you're the Eagles. You're focused on the Chiefs, but we are looking at the Chiefs game, and we're looking at the one seed. Mm-hmm. And these teams aren't going away. I know Detroit almost lost to Chicago, but they didn't. Uh, I know Dallas lost; it has three losses. I know San Fran has three losses, but I'm telling you, man, these teams aren't going to fade. So you have to keep the pedal to the metal, and. You know, what better way to, to do it? Than, like, if you come out of the shoot of this, I'm going to say six-game stretch. Everybody says five. Having beaten Dallas, then beaten KC at their place, you know, you're you're off to a start where, not that they lack for confidence, but, man, you all of a sudden you're saying to yourself, yeah, man, now everybody's finding out what we're all about. Like, let's go. All right, Buffalo next week, let's go. So I think, yes, they have to be better. Let, let's do that when we come back. Let's We'll start with the secondary versus Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed and what they they bring to the table and how you can defend this thing maybe a little bit better than you did certainly in the second half. They did a good job. First half, you think about it. They gave up seven points in the first half of that Super Bowl if it wasn't for the Jalen fumble. you they, would, they should have been up 24 to 7 going into the halftime locker room. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of I kind of I know, you know. You, you, I, I saw I saw like the, uh, the 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 thought bubble just yeah, I got you. All right, <laughs> let's get a timeout in here. Let's come back. We will dig into the matchups for tonight's game. Uh, Yes, we will do it. We will do it. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is paramount, right? It is the most important thing. You do not want to invest your money with someone you can't trust who's not going to take care of you and your family for sure. And I have found somebody and that's Jim Murray and principal financial group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. 
that is another resource that Jim can help you with. I mean, I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back, Rob Ellis, Tony Shield, Sports Take, Vegas Sports YouTube Network. Please hit the like button if you could, friends. A little later in the show, like I mentioned, we will get pretty heavily into everything that went down yesterday, including the Lions, including the Cowboys, Seahawks, 49ers, uh, and Tones guy, Tommy DeVito, had a big game. So we will get into all of that. 
uh, <laughs> a little bit later. Tommy the Shark. Now your guy. That's your guy, man. You get your jersey, I heard, uh, later in the week. Maybe for, maybe for Thanksgiving, it'll be a Thanksgiving present for you. Um, all right. Oh, man. So, so some of the matchups tonight. First and foremost, um, Derek Barnett out tonight, personal reasons. You pointed this out in the pre-show meeting. I think it's an interesting name. Uh, to just to just food for thought, drop in there in the in the consciousness, uh, and that would be one Nolan Smith, who we haven't heard a lot from this season, could be his opportunity to get a couple more reps than we're accustomed to this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nolan Smith has has been a player who's kind of fallen into obscurity; hasn't really had too many opportunities uh, on the field right now uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. But you know, when you think about it from this perspective, he's a guy who's hungry, he's ready and willing to you know, get things popping for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, it's so it's so funny because Noah Smith, he 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 came out being one of the one of the more talented guys, uh, but he hasn't been able to get on the field much for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, he's only accounting for 10% of the defensive snaps. He's only accumulated 56, 56 total defensive snaps through nine games. So that's very, very low. We know he's an athletic freak, had one of the better 40 times from the edge, you know, as far as edge rushes in the uh, in, in the draft during the combine. Um, we know he was able to get a sack against the Miami Dolphins. That was his uh, his best play of the season. Um, but we need to see more from Nolan Smith. This is a prime opportunity for him to show why he deserves more snaps, especially in the second leg of the season. You know what's so funny? We talked about Brandon Graham, about them having him on a pitch count, right? Is it fair to say, and, 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 you know, stop me if I'm overthinking this a little bit, Rob. Noah Smith, we know he kind of hurt, he, he, he hurt the shoulder in preseason. Um, he, we know he kind of has this nagging shoulder injury that's kind of going to gonna be a part of him for a long time. Is it fair to say that the Philadelphia Eagles are, are kind of preserving him for the second leg of the season so they can let him rip? Because I have a hard time believing that they believe Derek Barnett is more talented and more explosive than Nolan Smith. Am I reading too much into that? Am I, I? I don't think they're pitch counting him. I think he's learning. Like I, I think it's. I think it's a. They, it gave him the opportunity. Like I don't. In other words, I don't think they're worried about his pacing. If he plays a lot of plays, will be beat by the end of the year. I think it's him learning, and and developing technique and moves and and how to be successful more than anything else i definitely think brandon graham's on a pitch count and i think you're going to see his his snaps increase as the season goes on because right now reddick and uh and sweat have played a ton and they don't love doing that necessarily they they like the rotation that that you know that they've they generally have had over the years this goes back to jim johnson so i think you're going to see increased snaps from vg increased snaps from nolan smith maybe the others come down a little bit. It, look, it's it's hard to take those guys off the field. Of course, of course. Let me ask you this, though, real quick, before we yeah. get to our main topic, right? Noel Smith comes in. Hmm? What do you need to see from him? Like, what do you think it will take for the Philadelphia Eagles staff to say, okay, we need to get this guy on the field much more? Like, do you – like, is it – what do you think they're looking for? Are they looking for him being – more disciplined? Are they, are they looking for the sacks, the pressures, the court? What do you think they? What do you think they need to see from him in order to get him on the field more consistently? I think it's pressures. I, I don't think it has to be sacks. I think it's pressures. It's QB hits. It's uh, you, you know, you forcing a back or a tight end to chip them. I think it's that kind of stuff. I think if they get that out of him, they'll be thrilled because that means that that other guys are going to get get loose. So no, I think it's all it is. I don't think it has to be any kind of set set. 
uh, you know, you better get a sack in this game. No, right. I don't think so. I think you, know it, I, you can you can impact the game a lot of ways as as an edge rusher. You know what I think it is? I think I think they need to see how disciplined he is in the run game. I think that's I think that's their main concern. Yeah. Um, the last thing you want is to have your edge versus brain containment and you're, you're, you're getting taken advantage of out there in the C gap, so on and so forth. I think they need to see more from him, um, you know, from a technique perspective and just understanding containment and not over pursuing, you know, sometimes, sometimes when he goes, he's like a bad out of hell. Um, I think they need to see him sort of know when to rev up, know when to rev down. You know what I mean? I think, I think they need to see his discipline, his level of discipline and run defense. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think it could be that could absolutely be the case. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you don't take Reddick off the field because Reddick can play the run, despite yeah. what people think. You know, Sweat plays the run well. They have edge rushers who play the run pretty well, so that's why it's really hard to get the and BGs that way too. It's hard to get those guys off the field because they are complete packages. That could be the reason why we haven't seen Nolan yet is because they don't feel like he's stout enough in the run. Um, so yeah, I mean, but. I, this is a great opportunity for him tonight. I'm assuming he's going to get a few more reps. Not that Barnett was playing a ton, but he could be, he could have been one of our under the radar guys. Like he could have been one of our surprise guys or, you know, for sure. Um, all right. So a couple of the key matchups, we touched on it before we went to break and, and, and let, let's start with the Eagles secondary. Uh, your hope is that Bradbury and Slay, first of all, I shouldn't always put Slay in the Bradbury cat. I think Slay has been, been fine. Uh, he hasn't been great, but he's been fine. Okay. I I I would give Slay a B, B minus. minus hovering at a C plus. I agree. I would He's give gonna, okay. I would give Bradbury a D. Like damn right. near F. <laughs> so let let's let's hope slash assume. And I know Slay was dealing with a knee. Right. They get the time off. It does them both good. Two 30 something year old guys on the outside. Because let's face it, especially Bradbury has to be better. I, I'm not asking a ton. But he's got to be better than what he was. I, I, I even if he can raise his game to being okay, I'll take it because he's been bad. He's been like D slash F bad. He's been that bad, um, and that's not acceptable. And here's what you're going. I'm assuming neither one of those guys gets Kelsey. Okay, I don't know that for a fact. They, they, they there might be situations obviously where they could end up on him. But here's what they're going to be dealing with tonight in terms of wide receivers. And I bring this up because this better not look like the Super Bowl. Okay. So here's what they're dealing with. You got <clears throat> Rasheed Rice, who's been fine. He's been fine. You know, he's got he's got uh, 32 catches, 378 yards, and four touchdowns. He probably he's been their best receiver, if you're excluding Travis Kelsey. Then it's Justin Watson, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore. You know, the return of Kadarius Tony. You know, et cetera. My point is, this is very mediocre. And even Patrick Mahomes can only dress these guys up so much. So this better not be a night where their wide receivers are having big games against the Eagles. Right. That'd be a bad sign. Right. What I see, what I want to see from Bradbury, you bring up such a good point, right? It's, it, there's only so much Patrick Mahomes can do to make these guys look like divas, right? Yeah. There's only so much he can do to make these guys look like a prom queen. At a certain point, there's only about so much makeup you can put on the girl. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> At some point, she is who she is. Yeah. Um, or the filters you can put on a guy, right? Exactly. Only, yeah. Right. Only about some. Only about so many filters <laughs> that you can put on on, on your face, brother. At yep. the end of the day, if it walks like a duck, it quite like a duck. It's a duck. <laughs> so when it comes to James Bradbury, you know what I want to see from him at the very least: don't get caught out position. If it's a good, if 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 Patrick Mahomes just throws a good pass, or if it's a good catch, hey, I could, hey, I, 
I'd much rather say, damn, that was a good catch. Or, yeah. Yeah. Good, rather than bad Bradbury. That's yeah. that's what I don't want to see. I want to see, if anything, I'd rather, have, I'd rather see an exceptional catch or an exceptional throw than a, than a terrible James Bradbury. Well, the two, what was it? Two sky more touchdowns or whatever it was last year where you're beat on the same exact play on opposite sides of the field. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I know everybody blamed Gannon for that. One of those veteran court. One of those yeah, two slay. veteran quarters have to be able to handle that. Absolutely. You, 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 I, I can't, I can't agree with you more. That's why, you know, James Bradbury by PFF standards, he's been one of the worst corners, one of the worst starting corners in the league. I mean, yep. he has an overall rating of 58. That's, that's terrible. He's allowed 29 receptions on 51 targets. That's that's unacceptable. So he has to, he has to be better. Um, there's no if and buts if and buts about it. Um, James Bradbury has to again. You cannot be caught out of position. I can live with a great catch or a great throw. I don't. I can't live with him being caught out of position. I can't. I can't. I can't live with constantly seeing the back of his jersey. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I pray. I hope and pray that this bye week really did him and Darius Slay a lot of justice. Did, pretty much did that whole defense a lot of justice because they needed the break. And what you saw in that Cowboys game, especially in the fourth quarter, you saw them leaking oil. You Man. saw the you you saw you saw those guys riding on riding on a flat tire. You know what I mean? So yeah, they were on a donut, and it wasn't they, yeah even yeah exactly perfect, perfect way to put it. They were all riding on a donut in their fourth quarter. Yeah, and they were lucky to get that game. You know, with the W. So I think. You know, after that game, you saw Slay in the locker room. You saw all the players were like, "Look, we need to buy. We needed this bye week yeah. bad." So yeah, no, I, and I think the other thing advantage is, of it. you get Roby back, and this is where we're going to find out if that was just, "Hey, he looked okay for for a minute, and then he got hurt," or he can really help us in the slot here. Um, so getting Roby back, uh, I think, it, and again, I don't know exactly how they're going to defense Kelsey. I'm really curious to see how this looks, but. Just getting him back, period, in the slot because there's so many three wide out, four wide out sets in that league is huge. And now I don't want to hear any more. And I'm a big uh, Bayard guy, but I don't want to hear any more. He doesn't know the system. He's been here long enough where oh, yeah. Bayard should be comfortable we're, we're, we're back there and that. start making plays. We're past that. He has yeah. two games in his belt. He had a he had a bye week um, with his teams. He he pretty much had two. He pretty much had four weeks to get right. Yeah, four weeks to get right. Exactly. You know, and you had an extra and you had an extra day because the game's on Monday night. So training wheels are off for Kevin Byer at this point. Yep. He's a veteran, he's been in this league for a long time. Training wheels are off. So yep. I expect I expect nothing less but competence. I'm not I'm not saying perfection. I'm not saying greatness. I'm not saying any of those things. I want competence on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's perfectly reasonable to ask for. No, I agree. Now the the area that I go and feeling really confident about is the defensive line. And I, uh, I want to see minimum two sacks. Now I know Kansas city's only given up 12 this year through nine games, which is excellent. But I think a lot of that has been Mahomes performing magic acts rather than how good the offensive line is. So get him to the ground. I don't care that it's rainy. I don't, I don't want to hear anything about it's slippery or whatever. I want sacks. I want at least a couple of sacks that, and potentially, you know, maybe a strip sack. Great. But I want some sacks in this game. So I want the D line to show up because D line is the back end's best friend. They need to come to play tonight in a big way. Absolutely. You know, we've been talking about matchups and everything. What do you think is the best matchup for the Philadelphia Eagles offensively, right? In terms of, you know, their skill position guys. Um, 
how do you think they're going to approach um, trying to exploit the Kansas City Chiefs defense, who are one of the better pass defenses in the NFL? Yeah. Can they be exploited? Where do you think they can be exploited, Rob? I think you can run on them. Um, you know, we'll start there. Uh, this team has shown you, this Eagles team has shown you that they can run the football. Um, I know they got to, you know, it, it wasn't as successful, whether they got away from it or whatever. I think Swift's yeah. another one who, who even he's not old, but I think Swift hit a wall a little bit. Um, but you should be able to run the ball against this team. They're not, in my opinion, they're not a special team against the run in any way, shape, or form. Like Kansas City is the bottom half of the league against the run. They're giving up 112 per game. It, it, the Eagles only give up 66. Mm. All right, just, just to give an example. So even though it's not usually the Eagles' primary objective, it's something they should be successful at when they do it. And give give Swift and or Gainwell and or whatever you want to do with it enough opportunities where you can really stay balanced with this thing, run on Kansas City. I think that's one thing that they can do. You know, I'll, again, I'll go back to last year, and I know their secondary's gotten better because they've gotten older. They're, they're more experienced because they were really young last year. Mm-hmm. Eagles threw for a lot of yards. They threw for a lot of yards. A.J. Brown had a field day. Devontae had a field day. Uh, Goddard had Shane a Goddard too. was good. Yeah, it's a shame because Goddard was good too. Um, those guys all should have success against Kansas City. Kansas City's way better defensively. I get it. I get it. I don't know that it's going to be the same degree. Like, I don't think Jalen's going to go as nuts as he went last year, but this should be a good game. Um, the Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to score points. I do. I, I, I just, I don't worry. I don't go and worried about that offense much. I worry more and more about the defense than I think a lot of other people do. No, I'm I'm pretty much in line with you on that. I don't really worry too much about the offense because they have competence on that side of the ball, yes. right? They have, they have competence in all the key areas, right? Competence at center, left tackle, um, quarterback, uh, receiver. You know, um, you know, offensive line in general is a pretty competent group. Yep. You know, over the past several weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles have not been have not been great running the ball. Now, is that because they haven't committed? Is that because they haven't been getting the same push by the offensive line? Is this offensive line getting older in, in, in certain areas? Um, I know a lot of people like to say this offensive line is old, but I think they have a perfect blend of veterans and young. I, I think I think they're perfectly perfectly blended from an age perspective. I know mm-hmm. Lane and Kelsey on the upper on the upper end of that, but um, a lot of you know mid you know mid twenties, I believe. Um, Landon Dickerson, you know, early to mid twenties. Uh, Cam Jurgens, early twenties. You know they're they're young at left tackle, left guard, and right guard. I mean, mm-hmm. center and right tackle is pretty much you know their their aging positions. I don't think this offensive line is old in the grand scheme of things. Are they old in certain spots? Yes, but I think they have a great blend of youth. So I have a hard time believing that you know that you know they're just getting old. Um, I understand that when Cam Jurgens went down, uh, they you know uh, their rushing yards per attempt uh, went down by a full yard. Um, that's just a fact, whether you want to agree with it or not. That's just a that's just, that's just a hard nose fact. Um, do I think the run game improves because he's come back? Sure, but do I think him being gone was the only reason that it suffered? No, because they're too talented or too good. I think there. I think it was a combination of them getting away from it, them being non-committal, them kind of taking it for granted, believing that they can just run whenever they want, and that's not how the running game works. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, me and John McMullen talk about this all the time, right? They're not a run first team. They're not a pass first team. They're Jalen Hurts first team. Yeah. Jalen Hurts needed this bye week. If he's healthy and if he's you get if he's being utilized in the run game, 
um, giving us a healthy dose of it. No doubt. Um, you know, uh, we're, where, is, we're, where is though it's strategically placed? And it's not just a quarterback draw right at the middle. You know, nothing. there's nothing creative about that. If if they find a way to get him involved in the RPO and forcing those Kansas City edge rushers and linebackers to become decision makers, then I think that creates so much opportunity um, for your running backs because now the linebackers, um, they have to make decisions. And now you're forcing them to make a decision of maybe a half a second or a second late. And that creates so much opportunity for your offensive line uh, and your running back. I think that's where it begins and ends, right? Jalen Hurts has to be a key contributor in maneuvering and manipulating the linebackers and manipulating the line of scrimmage to create so much space for guys like DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I I, I mean, you're talking about a guy who who was – compromised and still lighting teams up in the air uh, in a big way in Jalen. Now, if you have that dual threat back where he can take off, it makes him that much more to, difficult to defend. You know, he he had a huge Super Bowl uh, against them. And I know, I, 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 as I said repeatedly, Kansas City's defense is better. But just like I think with Patrick Mahomes, I think greatness supersedes, you know, goodness. And I think in this case, Mahomes is going to get his to an extent – and Jalen's going to get his to an extent. It's just going to be a matter of who can come up with the turnover, which has been an issue for the Eagles, takeaways. And the Eagles have to be clean, too. That's the other part. You know, uh, they got lucky. That Dallas game, they fumbled three times and recovered <laughs> all three of them. I mean, trust me, that happens in this game. You're not getting all three back, and you're probably losing. So you have yeah. got to take care of the football, yeah. man. And two of them were self-inflicted. Yeah. Um, oh, my yeah. God. The the, the, a, the A.J. Brown Swift oh bumping to each other, that was self-inflicted. That had and, to, that would have been an all timer. Yeah, yeah, and, and then Swift fumbling in the red zone that was self inflicted as well. Yes. So, I mean, they 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 gotta they gotta get better hands on that football, man. Um, again, this this you guys, you know, we're talking about this and all the kind of stuff, but regardless of what we say, everything is going to be decided tonight. Yeah. And it's going to be so electric. It's going to be a hell of an environment, Kansas City, man. Uh, that environment is going to be balls to the wall they're going to be dropping a banner down there they're going to be talking so much trash and it's, just going, to be, it's going to be a super physical matchup listen when, when listen when when the bullets start flying you're going to start to see some you're going to start to see some ego and some guys hitting i believe that i believe that you know what i mean because these these guys these guys want to win and these guys know what happened and they try to prove that hey listen we're still the better team but they got to prove it um but man it's going to be a movie tonight. You no, guys. I mean, get your look, popcorn ready. We've talked a lot about you know keeping your emotions in check to some degree, but I don't want them in check that much. Like right. I want I'll be docile, right? Yeah, no, I want them remembering how that felt, walking off that field. I want them looking at that at those banners going up and these guys, you know, whatever, however they're doing it with the rings. I don't know, whatever. But I, I want, I want that. I want it, man. If, if that's the edge, that little tiny edge, it just pushes you that much more over the other team. Great. Use it. Like, I, I think the veterans will be able to handle this very well. It's just a matter of keeping some of the young guys in check. But no, I, I want it. I mean, think about it, too. You are. You're right. I mean, this is the environment's going to be nuts. If you're talking about home field advantage, advantage in the NFL, the Eagles and the Chiefs are both in the top five. Easily. Um, trying to think of what, you know, Baltimore's pretty good. I would say, in no particular order. Yeah, you have Chiefs, Eagles, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, and this is when and, and the home field advantage only works when your team is actually good, right? Correct. So, um, so Chiefs, Eagles, Seattle—that's three right there. Um, 
Uh, maybe Dallas. I, I I don't know. You know. See, Dallas is no. interesting because Actually, no, no Dallas. I, I don't think so because I follow a lot of their content creators. Um, and one one narrative that's always constant in Jerry World is they are the you know the real fans or the, the content creators, the guys that go to the game. They always they always uh, talk about how. Cowboys fans, they're just they're just there for the pageantry. No one's standing up, no one's rah-rah, no one's raucous. They're just yeah. sitting there as if they're at a country club watching golf. Right. You know what I mean? It's rare you see guys or people really standing up really into the game. Um, it's almost like there's this culture of trying to be too cool at Cowboys games. So I don't think they have a real home field advantage, if you ask me. Um, and I, and that's me going off of what Cowboys content creators say um about about their respective culture and um the fan base. Um, that's not me making that up. Um so yeah, those three at the top of my head. I I I, I want. I feel like Detroit has a home field advantage too. Like it doesn't get. They've been bad for so long. It's kind of hard to really see it or feel it. But last year, week one, when the Eagles played them, that environment was insane. You know, and it's a dome, so the sound doesn't release. Man. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, I agree with no, you. No, no, you good. Uh, um. Yeah, I, look, I think the the other thing to watch for tonight, tonight, Tone, is um, the Eagles have to be better at getting off the field. Uh, they've done a good job themselves on third, and we know what they're like on fourth down because of the tush push. Mm-hmm. I mean, virtually unstoppable. I want to see them defensively be better at you know closing the door on drives uh, and not allowing you know Kansas City to keep things and easier said than done. When you're talking about a guy like Mahomes who can either take off if he has to, it's not what not his primary thing he wants to do, but he can take off and, and, and give you that back-breaking first down, or he's so good at keeping a play alive just enough to get Kelsey open or get somebody else open and, and get, get eight when you need six. He's so good at that, but that has to be an area the Eagles are better at this season. Not, not, not just this game, but this season. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What's the perfect scenario – or the most optimal. Let me say, let's say that because no scenario is perfect. What's the most optimal scenario for the Philadelphia Eagles beginning at coin toss? Um, defer, get a stop, get the ball, score because you're showing your defense that yeah, it is Mahomes, but so what? And offensively, you're saying we're going to do the same thing we did to you in the Super Bowl, except we're not going to make them the, have the self-inflicted mistake. So I think I think win the toss, defer, go to get out there on defense, get a stop, and then go right down, march down the field and score. Mm, I agree. Ideally. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think that would. I think that I think the defense getting the stop is more of a message sender than than. Hey, I believe me, if Eagles get the ball first and score, I'm happy. But I would rather the defense get a stop first. I think that could be a nice little tone setter early. The other thing we know is, and they they know this way better than we do. This thing is not over until it hits zero because Mahomes is never out of a game unless he's just getting bludgeoned. Uh, so just, right. we're all going to be up late, man. I don't think any of us are going to go to bed in the, in the at the end of the third quarter. Oh, the Eagles are fine. And if you do, you're nuts, by the way. Yeah, so, man. Um, you need to make sure. There's going to be some tired campers tomorrow. You need to make sure you're up by at least 17 points with two minutes left. Exactly right. <laughs> at exactly, least. Exactly. Somehow, some way, man, Patrick Mahomes, that dude is uh, on oh. demon time always. He finds oh a way God. to just – finds a way to get back. He does. He does for sure. All right, we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to hit a little little double dip here, Tone. Uh, Philly's big move with Aaron Nola and yeah, the Flyers man. are rolling. And Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad is going to join us when we come back. After that, last half hour – 
all NFL, wall to wall NFL. So we've got a lot to do. We'll give our predictions at the end of the game as well. He's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Stake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. Uh, happy to talk to you about Pro Action Restoration. Great people at Pro Action Restoration. Been out at the house the last couple of days. Uh, I've been dealing with some stuff, a flood uh, and, and, and water damage from an upstairs bathroom into a downstairs bathroom that uh, basically took out my ceiling in my basement, my ceiling in my bathroom, uh, the, one of the walls. It uh, was not good. Um, so they have come out. They, uh, they are uh, in the process of they dried everything out. Um, and then they are going to start doing the the contract work to fix the ceilings and to fix the wall. And they're just absolutely awesome. It's one stop shop. I'm getting I have to get a new carpet as well because there's some damage there also. But uh, it has been nothing, nothing but a pleasure to deal with the folks from Pro Action Restoration. So if you have water, fire, smoke, mold damage, they are the folks to call. And Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. To assist, they're also licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company, also. So it could be either water, fire, smoke, mold remediation that you need, or something else that you're not sure. Just give them a call. Uh, get a consult. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. You could also uh, check them out online at proactionrestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. 
Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate it, everybody. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm Rob Ellis. That is Tone to Shields in for D Gun today, and we keep it rolling. We keep it rolling with the uh, with the sports discussion. We're going to switch gears a little bit into some Phillies and some pucks, and who better to do it with than Anthony Sanfilippo, who covers the Flyers as well as the Phillies for Crossing Broad. You can check out his podcast, Know the Goalie, and Crossed Up as well. And what's up, my man? How you doing? Hey guys, how's it going, man? Good to see you. Appreciate awesome. you. Let, let's let's go six and twelve and all that good stuff, man. <laughs> I, I came down here early. I'm in the parking lot outside Citizens Bank Park, but I got down here early just to do your show so that I can, you know, be be here from the car. Honored. <laughs> Give me a hug, Anthony. There you go. Honored. Appreciate <laughs> you, sir. That. Appreciate that. So let's start there. Uh, and this this caught me off guard. I'm surprised. I was surprised that it came down this early. Uh, not necessarily in a bad way, but Aaron Nola, uh, geez, it was uh, Sunday. Was it Sun Saturday? No, Sunday. Sunday. Uh, yeah. Yesterday. They all run together. Seven years, $172 million, and, um So let's look at a couple things. The AAV is really not bad, 24.7, all things considered. The risk is seven years on a 30-year-old who's got, you know, and this is a credit to him. He's got a lot of mileage on the odometer because he makes uh-huh. every start. Um, give me your overall impressions of the deal first. I think it's a pretty good deal um, when you look at the the value of the contract uh, within the season. I mean, twenty four and a half million is a good price, um, especially for this season because it gives them a little bit of flexibility to do a couple other things if necessary. And I think long term, when you look at it, it, even if those at the back end those last couple years aren't what you would hope uh, the Phillies team to be, uh, because these guys are you know in their late thirties at that point. $24.5 million is probably not what your top two pitchers are going to be making by that point. Um, the, the top guys that at that point are likely going to be over $30 million a year. So it won't be that outrageous of a contract um, unless, of course, there's an injury and he's not playing at all, right. in which case then, 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 of course, yeah, then it's an albatross. But um, assuming he's, he's still a serviceable pitcher, that's not a terrible price. So I think in that regard, um, it, it's a good it's a good deal for the Phillies. Um, I, the surprise you mentioned being surprised. I guess the surprise for me was how fast it kind of came together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think that the push guys was from the Braves. I think the Atlanta Braves made that trade the other day where they traded five players for one reliever and Aaron yeah. Bummer. Um, and you're like, well, that's a weird trade. Why are they doing that? Well, that's money that they didn't have to that they could just clear off the books. And they went after Aaron Nola. Uh, and I think that the Braves pushing was really what got the Phillies to say, all right, best offer right now, here it is. 
and then Aaron took it. And there's a report out there that he took he took less to stay here than than to go elsewhere, and that's great. Um, but I think that the Phillies knew that they had to extend the length that they were willing to go on this contract in order to keep him from going to Atlanta. Anthony, thanks again for um, making time for us, man. We really appreciate it. Um, yep. I gotta ask, you know, Nola his his 2020. Uh, three campaign was something to be left desired in a regular season. He turned it up in the playoffs. Then he had that very um, head scratching. Uh, he didn't. He, he didn't really end it too well um, in the playoffs. I'm curious to know why do you think the Philadelphia Phillies were so comfortable giving Aaron Nola this deal, knowing how turbulent his 2023 campaign was? Yeah, I mean, I I think that the the, the campaign was a little bit more turbulent when you look at the, the counting statistics, right? The things that, um, that people, you know, want to, want to focus on and, and they have reason to focus on. I mean, you know, you give up 32 home runs. That's not a good number. Ended up being the seventh most in baseball, but it was at one point he was leading baseball in most home runs allowed. So if you look down the stretch, even though some of those starts weren't his typical seven innings, um, he was keeping the ball down. He wasn't giving up the home run. So there were some adjustments that were made before he started to get the better results. They started, I think I, I came on your show and we talked about this back in uh, in September, that there were a couple of starts in there that you say, okay, they were shorter outings, but there was positive signs. So if you really want to take it and look at the, 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 the big stretch, you look at probably over, you know, nine starts uh, towards the end of the season and into the beginning of the playoffs, first three starts of the playoffs that were really good. And I think that those starts where you, you kind of put that together and say, all right, he figured something out. It took a little bit longer than maybe that we would have hoped, but he figured it out and has, was able to pitch well. Yeah, his last start against the Diamondbacks was not the greatest. Um, he did stabilize a little bit in it, but it was not a great start. Um, but you say, okay, that's one out of ten. Right. It, it, they're going to happen. I mean, you're going to have no matter who you are, you're going to have one out of ten starts. It's not not great. So I look think you look at it it holistically, and you say the the underlying statistics were really good still all year, um, and that once he made the adjustments he needed to make to keep the ball in the, in the ball, ball in the ball yard, then it was like okay, now this is the kind of guy that we think that, that he's going to be long term and getting back to being the the reliable top of the rotation starter that he's been for us for the first eight years of his career. I, I mean, the the Phillies clearly aren't afraid to give out long-term deals, right? Do, do they view this as, hey, look, we're trying to win it now. And we know yeah. the last two years, whatever happens five, six years from now, okay, we'll deal with the consequences. It, it, I mean, this is clearly the mindset right now. It, it, well, it has to be. I mean, you know, all of your best players are, they're in their prime, but they're at the back end of their prime. So like, they're all just on the other side of 30 now, right? 30, 31, 32. That's what all your best players are right in that in that age range. And so you really have to look at it and say the next three seasons are really it. Like two, three seasons. This is this is the best opportunity if you if you skip 2023. This is the best opportunity to win a championship. Um so you I think you do. I think you have to look at it and say we'll spend now and worry about down the road, down the road. Um, and there was, it was not a strong free agent market for starting pitchers. Um, and you looked at it and said, Aaron Nola is the best fit for what we need in this team and this, mm -hmm. in this organization, go, go get it done. And they gave the extra, they gave the extra years flashback guys, February, they offered him five years, 120 million. He turned that down. Mm -hmm. 
So they got it to seven years, 172, which is basically the same amount of money yep. that they offered back in February. They just gave him two more years. And I think that that's okay. what that's what it took. Right. You know, to, he left money on the table, but he got the, the tenure that he wanted and, and to be able to stay with the Phillies. Hmm. You know, Anthony, we know obviously they're trying to win now. I'm bringing Nola back clearly signifies that um, you go get Trey Turner. Um, you still have Schwarber, Castellanos. Obviously, Bryce Harper's going to be here for a while. Um, two back-to-back seasons where you make deep playoff runs. Previous season, you were in the World Series. You lose in Game 6 this year. Make it to the NLCS, losing Game 7. Um, I'm curious to know, what's your thoughts on a potential hangover, hang, uh, you know, following them into this upcoming season? And, you know, how, you know, speak on how difficult it is for these pro teams to be able to continuously make it up that mountain and try to stay you know try to stay hungry and try to stay focused and not suffer from the fatigue of it all uh, it's it's really hard it's really hard to do to go back one year after ne- after the next after the next after the next and, and not um, get it done at, well yeah i mean that's the thing i mean so i mean look i mean the astros were a team that was able to go to the league championship series what was it six consecutive years seven consecutive yep. years in the american league yep. um which is pretty which is pretty incredible right to be able to get that far but even they um, you know, but, but they were able to win it twice. Um, so that that's how good of a team they were. Uh, it's not easy to go back to back to back to back and keep getting that close. So, yeah, there's going to be some some attrition that's going to come into play here. And I think that the Phillies in 23 were a little were fortunate in the sense that they did not have any major injuries mm-hmm. to worry about. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, yeah, OK, Harper missed the first month of the season coming off of 22's injury, but then was healthy. Uh, other than that, I mean, who was really out? I mean, their, their starters all lasted the season, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. And um, yeah, I mean, the Hoskins injury in spring training, but that's it. I yeah. mean, you can't expect to go through an entire year and have that kind of good fortune with your, with your health. Um, something's going to, could go awry and, and that could derail everything. So, that in and of itself, no matter how well you plan to put your roster together for that attrition of a 162 game season and then a deep playoff run, that can always derail it, right? So yeah. it's it, that in and of itself makes it hard. And then you talk about the fact that players are getting older, and you know who's going to have the same season. Like is is Jeff Hoffman going to have a great season next year, like he had this year? Who knows? Yeah. Pens are volatile from season to season. You have no idea what you're going to get out of someone. So you got you need to take advantage of of an opportunity when you have it. And I think the Phillies feel like this is that opportunity, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee it. Let me ask you, uh, and if in terms of are they done or not? You know, with the starting pitching. You know, I know Alex Coffey of uh, the Inquirer has reported this. Others have as well. And I don't know what the sense is. What you're hearing? I mean, are are they really players in Yamamoto? I mean, they are. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if they'll get it done. So, I mean, you guys know the the the, the trend for uh, Japanese pitchers coming to the U.S. when they have multiple options on the table is to either go West Coast mm-hmm. or New York or Boston is like the fifth option. Right. So you're so it's really the, the L.A. market, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, Boston, everybody else kind of is secondary it's all the teams um, that have the money and and, and a, a decent japanese population i would think correct. doesn't hurt that either as well correct and yeah. i correct yes so there is a comfort level for players yep. i mean the yep. um, 
Noel is a great example of it. Like he was comfortable in Philadelphia. Yep. He would rather that than go to another city. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's the same. That has to be taken into consideration. But I think the Phillies are willing to spend. I think they're willing to spend. They're they're all in, and I think that they're willing to go out and flex their financial muscle and compete with with these other markets to say, hey, we have a team that can win right now. Come here and be part of it. And look, Bryce Harper was part of the pitch for Yamamoto. They they sent over what they call a sizzle reel, um, and Harper was part of that pitch wow. to get him to, to like Philadelphia. So, yes, they are still very much in that conversation. That's pretty interesting. You, you know, Anthony, right, you, you mentioned – Clearly, Philly's ownership, they're showing that they have no problem spending the money to get where they got to go. They're clearly showing that, and I, and, and I commend them for that, right? But, you know, when you see teams like the Mets who kind of just implode on themselves by spending all that money and it doesn't really have too much to show for it, right? How do you – how does an organization uh, sort of, you know, balance, you know, those competing things, right? You know, you want to win. You want to spend money. You want to make sure you have talent, but you also want to spend the money in the right places. You know, what's been your evaluation of how the Philadelphia uh, Phillies have managed that over the past few years? Well, the one thing that I think that the Phillies have done better than the Mets, and I won't say that it's it's perfect because it's not because of the farm system here is still kind of redeveloping itself. Okay. But the Phillies in the last couple of years have been successful because they've had young players who have been able to step up into roles at the major league level. Yep. Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, the whole daycare thing, right? I mean, those guys have been able to contribute you know, to, whereas the Mets went full bore, everybody's a veteran mm. and they had in, they had injuries and didn't have the young players who could step in and replace those guys. Um, so I think that there's a there's a need for your younger players, your prospects to come up and and take a take a part of, uh, of your success. Um, so I think the Phillies have that slight advantage in, in that they have three, four guys that can you know fill those voids. But I do think that it's important that you do that you do not become overly veteran heavy, because mm-hmm. that's when things could go sour. The Mets are a perfect example. San Diego Padres were an example last year. They spent through you know out the nose and, and didn't even make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of teams that spent big money and did not succeed um, in the end, and and so therefore you, you do have to balance it. And Phillies are going to do the best that they can with it. But right now, their best prospects are lower level prospects, not mm-hmm. at the higher levels. And I think that that's something that, you know, they got to try and figure out the best way to manage that going forward. Let me let me follow up on that, Ant, just just for the back end. Um, if if not Yamamoto, I don't I don't know if one counters the other one or not. Do you believe they'll be in play for Hader? And how critical is it outside um, bullpen help rather than? promoting from within do, do you see the back end uh, i i don't think they'll be in on hater um okay. and the reason i don't think they'll be in on hater is because the phillies are looking for bullpen pieces that can be uh, a little bit more flexible come in in the seventh inning or the eighth inning or the ninth whatever the matchups work best and mm-hmm. we saw we saw the phillies use it very successfully against the atlanta braves in the okay. playoffs right just how they how they did that whole uh, game one start against them, right? Um, Josh Hader hasn't pitched before the ninth inning in three years, mm. I think it is, um, and has publicly stated he doesn't like coming in before the ninth inning. Uh, they don't want to lock themselves into a guy like that. Plus, their mm. bullpen is already left-hand heavy, I think, right. when, when you look at what's out there. So I, I, I don't think Hader's a guy, 
I do think that they will add to the bullpen. Um, and I think it'll be a right-handed arm. Um, but I do think that they're also going to look at a kid like Orion Kirkering as a more regular back-end fixture next season as well. So that's probably your in-house replacement for Kimbrel over the course of the year. Mm. But I still think that they're going to need another right-handed arm out there, and I think that that's where they'll go. But it'll probably be a middle relief arm as opposed to a uh, closer. closer. Yeah. And Rob mentioned how he he was kind of taken aback when Nola signed his contract. And uh, essentially, we all thought he was going to pretty much be in Atlanta or somewhere else. But yet he's here and we're all grateful for that. Right. Um, So that shocked us. Um, Is there any more room for any other shockers um, for the Philadelphia Phillies? uh, I don't know. Reese Reese Hoskins. You know, do you think there's a chance that um, he may um, return maybe on a one year, two year deal to maybe try to, you know, reestablish himself? Uh, I, I don't think that door is ever closed, but I think that the Phillies are going to probably go in a different direction there. Mm. I think that their their need is still for an outfielder. I'm not convinced that Rojas is going to be on the team to start the season. I think that they need they feel mm. that he's going to need a little bit more time to develop his bat. Um, we saw how expo- overexposed it got in the playoffs. Yeah. So there's no doubt he is a gold glove caliber center fielder but he does have to hit the ball better than a pitcher uh, in order to be a regular in the lineup. So I would not be a, be surprised if the Phillies try to add a right-handed bat in the corner of the outfield and shift Marsh back to center field, at least for the time being, probably in a platoon with Christian Pache uh, as your center field option, um, right-hand versus you know, Marsh against righties, Pache versus lefties, and go out and get a free agent left fielder on a short de- short-term deal now, the question is, which direction you want to go in there? Do you want to go with somebody who's a right-handed power bat, where you maybe go after a guy like Hunter Renfro or Adam Duvall? Or do you look at uh, a, a guy who's been more of a get-on-base type of hitter in his career, although not necessarily the last two seasons, but like a Whit Merrifield, who used to lead off for the Kansas City Royals, yep. can, play, can play left field. Um, maybe he's a better fit. Which do you think any more? I, I, I let me just jump in and I, I yeah. desperately I want the latter. I want a yeah. contact hitter. I want a I want a guy who's going to get on base who can be a slump collective slump buster who can get on even when everybody okay. else is kind of swinging for the fences and not hitting. I'm sorry to interrupt, Jamp. Go ahead. That's no, no, no. And I, and I think that, and I I don't dis- disagree with you yeah. Uh, yeah. on that. And you know, the thing that I worry about with a guy like Merrifield is you know he's 34 now and his last. Although last season wasn't terrible, um, he hit two. I think it was like 277, um, but his on base wasn't as high as it has been in the past. 22 was not a good year for him, so it's been a little bit since he's had those yeah. high on base seasons. And it, I'm wondering if at 34 he might be just on the downside a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he can find it for a year or two, I think that that's the kind of player that would fit nicely on this team. All right. Let me ask you. Uh, lastly, uh, you, you know, from a from a Phillies perspective here, and yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. I actually don't think he thinks it's a big deal, but I think some do. Uh, Thompson will enter enter the last year of his deal, right? Uh-huh. Extend him or not, or let it play out. Well, how do you think they'll let it go or play it out? I, I would be surprised surprised if that he doesn't get an extension of some kind. I right. mean, you managed the first two years of of. Uh, with this team and in your first two seasons, you go to a world series and game seven of the champ league championship series. I know the talent was there, yeah. but the, the talent was there before he was the manager and they struggled. Yeah. Um, and 
so I think that there's a real benefit to having him. I'm not saying you're going to sign him to a five-year contract, but I do think it's worth um, adding, you know, a couple seasons probably on and then see what happens. Now, the only thing, if it doesn't happen, maybe it's it's Thompson is not looking for something long-term. I mean, you got to remember he was on the verge of retiring prior to taking this role. Um, so maybe he doesn't want to do it longer, longer than that. But at the same time, I think that once you're in that position, you, you now want to get that ring, right? You're the manager. You want to get it. I think that he would be, be open to sticking around for another couple seasons if he could. And I, so I think, I think they'll get him in. I, I, I think they'll, they'll sign him to an extension. I don't think they'll let him be a lame duck. Um, but at the same time, you know, you could look at it, if you're looking at it from the management perspective, you could look at it and say, all right, this guy has gotten us this far. If after year three, he can't get us past that point, maybe we need someone else to get them over the top. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could go both ways, mm-hmm. but I think that they'll, knowing the Phillies, knowing Rob Thompson, know what they think, think of him, I think that they'll give him a little bit more time. All right, let me go Flyers with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boy. 10-7-1 start. Who had that on their bingo card, right? Five Nobody. straight wins, first time since the 1920 season. Yeah. And, Tom, and when you look at it, and I was saying this to Tone earlier, when you look at it statistically, there's not a lot of things that would point you in this direction, like PK or power play or anything like that. But I don't know, somehow, some way, they're, they're figuring this thing out. So how are they doing it here? Because it's not just against bad teams like Columbus last night. It's Vegas on Saturday also. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they've they not been anything close to perfect, but they've also been really good at five-on-five. Five. Mm-hmm. They've changed the way that they play. It's things that you don't really see um, unless, you're, unless you're really looking for it. But they make life miserable on the opposition through the neutral zone. They make it really hard to, to, uh, for the other team to get the puck into the Flyers' end and then keep it. Um, they, they block so many shots. They, I mean, last night they didn't have to cause Columbus stinks, but I mean, if you, they blocked 26 against Vegas, they blocked 33, the game Man. before that against Carolina, like they're playing games. Like it's game seven of the Stanley cup final. Like they're laying it out and putting their bodies on the line. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a, it's great to see because it builds the camaraderie. Now I, I know that you can't play that way. 82 games, the body won't let you right at some point. As much as the mind will tell you, throw yourself in front, it's going to it's going to wear you down. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need special teams to kind of get itself righted a little bit and, and be able to score some on the power play. And, yeah, they've gotten three power play goals the last two games, so maybe that's the start of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you can't expect to just win every game five on five and, and play defense first and block shots. And, uh, it's worked so far, and it's great, and it's exciting. It's good hockey. But I'm just a little bit leery that it's sustainable over the course of a full season. Final question for me Ant, about the, about the Flyers. You know, we speak about the you know how they're playing on the ice. Uh, what's been your evaluation of just the culture shift, right? You know, uh, you yeah, know they have uh, they have they have new leadership there and uh, player operations. Um, what's been your evaluation of the shift in culture and where they're just where they're going just overall in terms of direction? It's it's I think it's a a really good step. I mean, and you, it's, it's obvious when you're down there in the building, Mm. everything is different this year. The crowds are, well, first of all, the crowds are back. That that's first and foremost, Saturday's game. I know it was star Wars night, right. Or whatever star Wars day. (laughs) It was packed. 
Yeah. I mean, packed in that place. And then even yesterday, a weird start time on a Sunday, 5.30 yeah. p.m. start time. is an odd start time. There was a very, very good crowd, and it was very engaged. A lot of families with kids. And it's, you know, they are doing a lot of things right with engaging the fans and bringing the fans back. And I think that that helps a lot. And then when you have a team that plays the way that the coach is asking them to play, which is a, you know, a determined nonstop style of not, you know, 60 minutes of hell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The fans in this city are going to buy into that. And so that makes the whole experience that much better. Even when they lose a close game, like you're, you're applauding the effort that they're giving you. They're not out there looking like, you know, they don't even want to be on the ice, which we've mm. seen so many times in the past five years. And good info, man. So let, let's tell everybody uh, where they can catch you. Uh, you. You still doing crossed up? I know you're you're doing uh, snow the goalie with our buddy Bundy. But are you yeah. are you you're doing both? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We just actually we just put out an episode of crossed up this morning. Okay. Um, yeah, Bob was uh, Bob had a deal with um, his he had a his uh, son's christening. Um, they, had, they had a new baby in this. So nice. we, uh, we had to take a week off for that. So, um, but we were, we were back this morning. So that's still going on. Snow the goalie, of course, is the Flyers podcast. And uh, now that we are, we're in the arena. Um, so we do a, a pregame and intermission and postgame show right from uh, the sports book upstairs. So anybody who's in the arena can come up and hang out with us. So it's, it's a good thing. So Very it's cool. cool. All right. Yeah, so yeah. You can, yeah. You can check out all of Ant, his stuff at Ant, San Philly on Twitter slash X, but you can also connect to everything on Crossing Broad as well, right? Yeah, that's right. right. Yes. Thanks, thanks for doing this today, man. I appreciate you squeezing us in before you, you're heading into the, to the Phillies. But we uh, we do. Thanks, Ant. We appreciate Happy it. Thanksgiving, Ant. Happy Likewise, Thanksgiving, guys. All right, yep, take, take care. care. You got it. That's Anthony San Filippo, kind enough to hop on tone. Let's get a timeout. Let's yes, come back, and we are going to dive full bore into all the action yesterday. Don't forget, end of the show, we'll give our predictions, how we think the game plays out. We got a lot to do, man. Uh, a lot to do, and we will do it strong in the last hour. That is Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Flynn Tree Services right now because Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They're experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Seven hours and change away from the Eagles and the Chiefs, but who's counting? All right, so uh, give me chills there, Rob. No, we're getting there, man. We're getting there. All right, NFL uh, discussion yesterday, Tone, and let's start with games and teams that relate to the Eagles. So I bring this one up first because there's about ten branches off of it. But mm-hmm. the Bills beat the Jets. It wasn't a very competitive game, um, but the Eagles play the Bills next next Sunday. Uh, obviously, next is the Chiefs, but I'm talking about after the Chiefs game. It's the Bills after that. So they move to six and five. With the win, the game itself was kind of what we thought it was going to be. The Bills put it on them in Buffalo, whatever. But right. there were a couple of things that came off of that. Uh, there was a fight in the tunnel. Deion Dawkins, former <laughs> Temple Al, was uh, was in the midst of that one. Um, but the big thing that came out of it was Zach Wilson obviously was awful again. What else is new? And finally got benched in the game. And then after the game, for the first time this season, Robert Sala was non-committal on whether or not he was going to remain the starting quarterback. Turns out today, Tim Boyle will get the start uh, next week. Now, here, here's the first thing I have to ask here when, when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. We have all seen this. We are not coaches in the NFL. We're not general managers. We're not owners. But we all know and, and, and saw very clearly that this guy couldn't play. And if I'm the Jets and I have that kind of defense – and I have Garrett Wilson, and I have some other guys who can Brees Hall who can actually play. And you had to sit through this really all season since Aaron Rodgers went down on the first in the very first game of the first series of the first game. Like, and I don't know if Sala was covering for management who forced his hand. I kind of think that's what was going on. 
either way, this, if I'm a Jets fan and I'm not, I don't care about the Jets, but I'm just telling you hypothetically, it's a disgrace. And I'm not telling you Tim Boyle is going to be any better, but he's mm-hmm. not going to be worse. This took way too yeah. long to happen. Absolutely. Uh, the reality is when you look at Zach Wilson, you can just tell, and you and I are not these football virtuosos. We're not quarterback gurus or masters and all that. No, doesn't. you can just look at him and tell he does not belong back there. He's seeing ghosts. He has no pocket awareness. Uh, sometimes he's afraid to let the ball go. He, 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 he's, he's someone that, you know, someone, uh, I think it was Kyle like I heard, he brought up a good point, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, he came into the league and, you know, during the COVID year. Yeah. Right. And, you know, people didn't really get a true sense or an accurate sense of what he was able to do, um, during that time, because obviously, you know, there weren't any, any crowds and it was, it, it was a shorter season for the quarterbacks. I think it was just a, a very strange year. Yep. So I think people kind of, became prisoners or got trapped in the moment of what they thought he be- he could become but the reality is this, this this young man can't play he's not even in my opinion he's not even good enough to be a backup in this league mm-hmm. I, I i don't know what team or what organization would trust him to come in and say hey can you tread water for three games while our guy gets healthy right. i wouldn't trust him to tread water for a quarter so yeah yeah man um good thing for the bills to get back on track you know with the Bengals losing um joe burrow for the season with the bit with the uh with the um browns losing deshaun watson for the season even though they won the fact of the matter is the bills are still relatively they're not out of it scratching on you know scratching on the wall of the playoffs but now Denver broncos and we're going to talk about them at some point Uh they're back in the mix now they're six and five and they already beat you so they pretty much own the tiebreaker so this afc playoff race for those six and seven uh, seated uh, wild card spots is going to be truly fascinating to see play out, especially now that you have the Texans. We're going to talk about them too. The Texans are pretty much like a team that can pretty much run with anybody, especially with that quarterback. Right. Although he he probably had his roughest game as a pro, interestingly enough, yesterday. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what happened? He's a rookie. So he's yeah, going to have those, yeah. you know, rookies. You know, there's the rookie wall, right? You know, you always run into it at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the part becomes being a veteran well, is they still won. Who cares? Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, they won. I mean, you know, right. <laughs> that's that's about a lot. But you're game. right. I mean, think about it. So you have just real quick, you have six and four Pittsburgh, who we'll talk about in a second, who lost. You have six and four Houston, who survived yesterday. Um, you know, beyond that, you know, there, there's there's a lot of different teams. Though. I'm sorry, my uh, man, computer just crashes. I'm in the midst of that. So the other teams that that uh, are in this thing um, for sure in the AFC that aren't dead. Denver's now five and five. That's big. Um, and I don't see Cincinnati going anywhere without Burrow personally. But they're not dead in Pittsburgh six and four. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of teams that are really going to be jockeying for the bottom there. That are really kind of in it for sure. You said you said wait real quick sidebar. You said your computer did a little something funny just now, right? Yeah. Mine did too. Did you get a McAfee thing. Same thing. It's the exact thing I got just now. Yep. <laughs> Something's going on. Fascinating. Yep. It literally just happened. Literally. And I saw it and I closed the window really fast. I, so I, did I. I. <laughs> so I'm like, so okay. I. All right. Sidebar, yeah. you guys. That was Yeah. Exactly. Sidebar, I'm concerned that we're going to get yeah. something's happening. So yeah. 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 See, something's happening around <laughs> the world right now. Wonderful but, um, world of technology. It, it happened the exact same. And we're in two different time zones. So, so, so that was, yeah. It's that was strange. Up. But nonetheless, right. though. Anyway, back back to football. Yeah, it's yeah, um, yeah. The standings the standings are looking pretty fascinating right now in the NFL, especially on the AFC side. 
Um, you know, I'm looking at this thing right now as it stands. Houston is a six seed at six and four. Steelers are the seventh seed at six and four. I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to hold on. So I think, right. I think, I think in that final seven spot, it's probably. And I'm nervous about the Browns too. I don't know if they can hold on, uh, even though they're seven and three and eight they, one. Man, I don't know. They seem to. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I think they're kind of built for this. Like, I just think defensively and running. I, I know they had some that. injuries at the running position, running back position too. But man, they're just tough. I so can't. Yeah, done I, a really I can't, good I can't job there. Logic. You know, he's done a really good job with them. Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't argue with that logic. They, uh, they yeah. just seem like no matter who's out there, they, they, they feel like they can beat anybody. So maybe, maybe Cleveland can find a way to stay in the mix. Maybe they fall to the seventh seed. You never know. But right. I think if, if I had to guess who the final, who's going to be that fifth, sixth, and seventh seed for the AFC, if I had to guess today, yeah, um, I would say it's going to be Houston. Um, I think Denver gets in, and I think the Browns get in. Wow, I would have thought. All right, so. Let, let's pick up on um, on Denver here. So, I mean, it, it could not have started off worse, and we had some cackles over the way that they started their season. They gave up a 70 spot to Miami, and it looked like all the yapping that Sean Payton was doing was just going to come back to, to bite him in the rear end. And now all of a sudden, in a pretty entertaining game, there wasn't a whole lot of good games this weekend, by the way, but that was you know at least an entertaining game last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Vikings and the Broncos, but you look at it now, man, they're five and five and what they've been able to do to kind of string this thing together and win four straight. You know, one of those wins includes Kansas city. One of those wins can, it, it, uh, constitutes uh, on the road against Buffalo and they just beat a, a, a Minnesota team that had won five straight. So it's not like they're just beating up on bad teams. You know, they're playing really good right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't want to get them as as a as in you know a seven seed or a, a quote unquote team that sneaks into the playoffs. I wouldn't want any parts of them right now. Yeah, I feel you. And these next two weeks are going to be huge. They're going to be pivotal for the Denver Broncos. Um, I, re- I mentioned the Browns and the Texans right as two teams that are probably going to be on in that wild card on those wild card spots. They face the Browns at home. Yep. And then they got the Texans on the road in the next two weeks. These two games are going to have huge implications on the playoff race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So that was a that was a good win last night for them. It came down to to the wire, um, you know, but they survived it. So Minnesota, then, if you if you're looking again, this is trying to tie things into the Eagles here, and and you know, standings wise. So Minnesota loses; they go to six and five mm-hmm. uh, after that loss. And if you look at the playoff standings right now in each conference, let's go with the 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 NFC. Obviously, is kind of where mm-hmm. we're we're looking here. So I think the, the Eagles, NFC holds true. I think those seventeen that we see. Yeah, one through seven. I think it's going to be those teams. I don't. I agree. Any... I think you fall off a cliff after the Vikings. Yeah, you do. You you definitely do. You know, Green Bay beat uh, the Chargers, but the Chargers suck. So uh, Green Bay four and six, the Rams four and six, Falcons four and six, Tampa. They're all bad. Washington bad man. So I agree with you. I, I I do. I think it's now where where you could see this really changes up top. Unfortunately, you get the right, Eagles right. eight and one, Detroit's eight and two. San Fran seven and three, you know, obviously, and the Cowboys are lurking there. And the f- Cowboys right now are the five seed only because they're in second place in their division. The Saints are the four seed, which is the way the seeding works, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the NFL because they're atop that bad division at five and five. But um, yeah, there's a we got a long way to go in terms of you know vying for those top spots. So let let's hit this then. So the Lions survive. The Lions survived four turnovers yesterday. To beat the Bears 31-26. Chicago should have won this game. They, yeah, it would have been they, a, it they, been they, such they a pissed me off. The they pissed yeah. me off to no end. I'm watching that game. I'm thinking to myself, okay, 
You got a double-digit league in the fourth quarter. Chicago, just don't hurt yourself. That's all you got to do. And lo and behold, Chicago does Chicago things, man, and they and, and they let Detroit off the hook. Um, but it's okay. The reality is, man, um, Philadelphia Eagles, they got to take care of business. And the last thing you want is to have to depend on someone else, um, you know, to write uh, your story or to, to, you know, or to depend on someone else to um, determine your destiny. The Philadelphia Eagles at this point right now control their own destiny. Yep. And um, there's no better place to be um, than to, than to be the, the, the architect of your own reality. Uh, I think I think this again, this game tonight, although it's an AFC matchup, still has huge implications because it can drop the Eagles to eight and two and then they'll be tied with the Detroit Lions and. You don't necessarily want that. Um, I don't think any of us want. I don't think any of us want a world where the Detroit Lions are the number one seed. So, well, and, and um, it's not so much that you're so afraid to go to Detroit. It's you have to play an extra game. One well, team well, gets a buy. Well, yeah, like it's, it's not. Yeah, it's for me. It's not. It's not where they play. It's just like the. It's almost like we we're in the upside down. If the Detroit Lions are the number one seed. Like, what, what world are we in? Yeah, that Detroit has world. become a number one seed. Is we're in bizarre world. So, um. Yeah. I don't want that. Uh, but nonetheless, though, Philadelphia Eagles, all they got to do is take care of business. They do have mm -hmm. um, some breathing room between the 49ers and the Cowboys. But the reality is those teams, um, they're not going to they're not going to take their foot off the gas. As far as I'm concerned, Eagles no, got to got to put the pedal to the metal, like you said earlier. Um, all right. So so a couple things off of off of that. Um, you know, everybody talks about Detroit's schedule and it is certainly easier than the Eagles and most other teams. Let me let me let's just run through it real quick and I and I'll tell you some losses the, the potential losses that I see. Okay. I think they win this week against Green Bay. Um, mm -hmm. this is that's the Thanksgiving early game, right? That's Thursday. I think they handle their business there. The game at New Orleans, I, I would say it's more likely Detroit wins, but that's not a gimme. Okay. And again, I don't love New Orleans, but it's not a gimme. At Chicago, I think they win. I think they'll play better than they played. Because I thought I think they probably thought they could just show up yesterday. Denver at home now looks like a real challenge of a game. Mm -hmm. At Minnesota is a real challenge of a game the next week. At Dallas the next week, and then Minnesota at home. There's there could easily be two losses in there, mm -hmm. which gets on the four losses on the season. Exactly, and that's all you really need, right? I mean, in this in, in this stretch from Packers on to Vikings in the season, there's no way they went out. There's no way. I don't see, you know, I don't see that happening. I just can't. I can't fathom uh, the, the the Detroit Lions winning out the way they did. I mean, you know, th they're good. Don't get it twisted. But there's still something when I when I watch the Lions play, they could put up points. You know, you know, they they play well. They're they're trending in the right direction. Don't get it twisted. But I still feel like they're missing a couple key ingredients, um, and they they don't seem to have that same uh, mystique as a Chiefs team or Eagles team or even a 49ers, you know what I mean? So, um, again, they're good, and you got to respect them. They can beat anybody, but sure, I don't know. I'm I'm still not convinced about Detroit, um, but but I do respect their record. Yeah. No, no, I, I respect them. I, I'm just not – I'm not sold on them. I, I th th There's a I, – yeah, I don't want to come off like – I think they're a good team. I really do. Yeah, I, they're, they're a very good team. I don't know that but, they're ready know. to do the Super Bowl leap thing yet. We'll see. We'll see. But they're good. Uh, Cowboys roll the Panthers. I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, they, they want 
they want the Super Bowl trophy now. They beat the Giants and they beat the Panthers, and now they want Super Bowl rings. They want the trophy. They want the they they want to kiss the girl at the end of the movie. They, you know they want it all. Um, yeah. <laughs> no one cares. No, uh, beat, beat someone. Beat someone who matters. It's just that yeah, simple. It's a good point. The the only thing of note in the game is Deron Bland gets his fourth pick six of the season, which is in and of itself remarkable. But yeah, so they win. Dallas is seven and three. So Dallas, you know, certainly holding serve there by taking care of business uh, in that game. Big loss for Seattle, man. Not only Big did they lose loss. the game 17-16 to the Rams, Tone, both Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker go down in the game, and they mm-hmm. play Thursday also. They might not have either of them, and they're now 6-4. and four. So that that big, big blow to them in that game against the Rams. Yeah, they play the uh, 49ers. Wow. Yeah, I think the 49ers are going to take it to them, yep. uh, if I'm being honest. I don't think it's going to be the easiest matchup, but I think the 49ers are going to ultimately win that game against Seattle. Cowboys, they play the Commanders uh, on the 23rd. That's going to be a fascinating matchup. Yeah, it is. Um, I still think they – based on how the Commanders have looked the past couple of weeks, um, I think I think the Giants should win – I mean, I'm sorry, I think the Cowboys should win the game. Yep. But the Commanders always play them tough. Especially, like, they, they show up for the divisional games, man. Uh, they, they show up. So – uh, I think the Commanders can push them, but I still think the Cowboys may win that matchup. Yep. But back-to-back weeks with Co- Commanders, Seahawks, Eagles, then Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders for the Cowboys, um, they're going to lose two more games, if you sure. ask me. I agree. They're going to lose two more games. And that's why that's why it was so important for the Philadelphia Eagles to do their work early and put themselves in the 8-1 and one, in, you know, in the eight and one spot so they can have a little more breathing room or, you know, some may say a little more room for error. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. All right, so uh, another costly game. 49ers got the win, and they they took care of Tampa Bay. And I'll get to Brock Purdy in a second. But they lost uh, Hafunga in the game, who has become one of the premier you know safeties in the game. So uh, Talanoa Hafunga is done for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, that's a big, big, big loss. Uh, for the Niners. Um, you know, the, the good news is Purdy played extremely well, 21 of 25, 333, three touchdowns, a, a perfect passer rating of a buck 58.3. But we'll see. That, that's a that's a chunk out of that defense there that's loaded, but still, big loss. Yeah, they also lost um, their starting guard in Aaron Banks. Right. Um, he, he's, he's out right now. Um, I think he's out with, let me double check this, um, they don't. They have, it, has, it doesn't really have anything specified here, but um, says he's out. Uh, so who knows um, what's going to happen with them? See, the thing about the 49ers, no one ever, no one ever debates their talent. No one ever questions, you know, the fact that if they can, if they can keep up with anybody, they can run with anybody. But I, I just question their ability to hold up, man. They, they're such a physical team. Uh, they're physical in practice. Um, Kyle Shanahan always has those guys playing at 100 miles per hour, and it works, you know, because they're always prepared. But I don't know, man. Can they stay healthy long enough? We still have uh, seven games left, um, eight games left. Most of everybody has about seven, eight games left. This is this is this is going to this is going to be a stretch, man, for, for the 49ers because next up on their schedule, they have Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, and they got the Cardinals, who look like they're playing a little better with Kyler Murray, but I still think they win that game. Then they got Ravens, Commanders, Rams. So. Um, the, the schedule is still relatively favorable, but neither the Seahawks matchups are gimmies. Um, the Eagles-Raven matchups are definitely not gimmies. So uh, we're going to see how this thing pans out. But uh, Brock Purdy, 
Um, still, still has a lot to prove if you ask me. Um, but he's having he's having a good season despite that three game losing streak. Overall, he's having a pretty good season. So, um, you know, we'll see how far they can go and if they can even um, remain healthy in the process. All right. Elsewhere, the uh, the Giants stopped the bleeding. Uh, they beat the Commanders 31-19. Your guy, Tommy DeVito, three touchdowns. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Giants now three and eight. You know, that's a bad loss for Washington. Washington's four and seven. And yeah. and add to add stink to insult to injury. The showers were not working shockingly in FedEx field. What a Dump. What a freaking dump. These these Giants players can't even get a shower after the loss because the showers like what are we what are we in grade school? At, at a professional football stadium, the showers aren't working. Yeah, man. Man, Daniel <laughs> Snyder was was a treat, wasn't he? Oh my God. Oh my God, man. You know, it's it, it's it's almost like <laughs> he sold he sold a clunker. He sold a lemon, man. Oh, yeah, and he I, did. He, he's like, oh, it runs great. What do you yeah. see? And then yeah, after he, the, he's a after the deal was signed, he, he's, he's just running away as the thing collapses out of the parking lot when you drive it off. Absolutely. You know, but as far as the commanders go, in terms of the playoffs, that lo- that loss was damning for them. Um, yeah. the, you, you fought a four and seven when you could have improved to five and six, which would have put you dead in the heat of the playoff race. Um, with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, because they're six and five, Green Bay Packers are four and six. If you win that game, that puts you at the AC. You right. know what I mean? So right. you 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 could have you, you, you were right there in the life. mix. Yeah. You, you still had life. Now, I just have a hard time believing they could bounce back. And you know, uh, Sam Howell, he's having a all things considered, Sam Howell's having a pretty decent season, all things considered. Um, but there's still uh, there's still deficiencies on that team and deficiencies in his game, um, where they still struggle to win games. So. Um, until until they figure out what their identity is, and that they might not figure that figure that out until after Ron Rivera is gone. Until yeah. they figure that out, they're going to always hang around this hang hang around this record, you know, of being middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm I'm thinking he finishes the season, uh, Rivera. Uh, no, yeah, I think he does too. Respect the guy who's been around a long time, but there's no doubt he's not back next year. Yeah, but that doubt. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think for New York, it was just basically just all right. Let, let's stop the train for a minute at least, because it was it was a mess for them. So they end up winning a game, um, for for sure. Uh, Chargers, Chargers doing Chargers things. Uh, they lost to Green Bay. Uh, they're zero and five in one score games now, four and six on the season, and it looks like Bosa could be done for the year with that foot. So uh, you know, things just get worse there. And the coach is becoming a, a red ass. Did you see any of his uh, post game press conference? No, I didn't. What did he say? Okay, so I, they were asking. I heard. Him, I heard he was. I heard he was being real pissy. Yeah, because the defense has been horrible, right? The defense has been terrible, uh, or for the most part. Uh, but he denies that the defense has been bad. In fact, he, he blamed yesterday on the offense. It wasn't the defense's fault. And at one what? point, said to the one reporter, "You know, you can stop asking me now who's calling the plays on defense. I will continue to call the plays. It wasn't the defense's fault today, like." Wow. So it's coming unglued there. He may that's a guy who may not finish the year. Listen, that's man. a guy. All right. So if I all right, let's look at this. The Chargers need uh the Chargers need the Chargers need to call the ledger company because I don't see any power flowing through that organization right now. If there if I had to put a leading candidate who's coaching right now that won't finish, I think I'm putting him as the one seed. Mmm. That's a good. That's that's a, that's a good exercise. Let's see yeah. here. So I would say the Bears uh, guy Everflues might be in the mix. Uh, I think he finishes though. Okay, 
I think, I, I think Staley could, um, be, could be gone before I, we get to the finish line. I, I, the reason I think Ibrahim finishes is because there's so many other problems outside of just him. So it's kind of like a collective issue. Yeah. Whereas yeah, though, that, that could be a front office gutting. At, at yeah. The, whereas though, Brandon Staley, you have the quarterback, you got the receiver, you got the offensive line. Well, yeah. relatively, um, you got talented. I can't remember a time in my natural born life <laughs> where the Chargers didn't have talent. Yeah. They've always been talented. Yeah. They've lacked leadership and direction and culture. And man, oh man, he may be, you know, matter of fact, let's look at their upcoming schedule, right? Let's look at this really quickly. Let's figure this out. They got the Ravens. Pay, oh, my, he might get fired after the, he might get fired after the Ravens matchup. They got Ravens, Oof. Patriots, That's Broncos, night, yeah. Raiders, Bills, Broncos, Chiefs. Oh my God. Yes. Listen, let's, I'm willing, you know what? Let's, let's take, let's, let's, let's make a little, Friendly wait or right. a friendly okay. a, fr a friendly wager here. We're not gonna put anything up really, but a friendly wager. I bet he gets fired after the Ravens matchup because they want to see. Because I because remember, remember they have Kellen Moore right there as an OC. Yeah, I bet you. They Actually, fire I, him. I think you're. I, I mean, I hate to. I think you're right because it's a home game. It's on Sunday night. They lose that. They go to national television seven. and Ravens. Yeah. And they're humming. If the Ravens, if the Ravens beat them like thirty three to. 17 yeah, or yeah, something I agree. like that. He doesn't coach the next game. I and bet you and, he's, and he's also coming unglued at the press conferences. That's a bad sign. He knows it. That's yeah. that's those are the signs of a those are the signs of a dead man walking. Yes. Those yeah. are the signs. You know, you know, when, when you know you have no chance, you start lashing out. That's exactly what we're seeing here. He's lashing yeah. out, man. And, and let's be honest, but when I look at him, I just I just see someone who just has zero control over his situation. He looks so powerless. I mean, yeah, I'll be honest, man. If he was my coach, I have a hard time respecting him. I mean, look at him. Like, I just, just don't think he has any pulse in a game. Like, I think he's so. I don't think it's. I don't think his players respect him. I don't he, think. I don't think they do either. I, I think he's totally wed to analytics. Like, I don't think he's using his eyeballs when he's watching the game. Like, I just, I, I think he's one of those guys. He was a good defensive coordinator for McVay. I think I think he's going to go back to being a defensive coordinator. Very. He soon. has no guts. He has no instinct. You know, yeah. guys that rely solely on analytics. I, I I I don't trust guys like that. No, I'm with you. you. Know what I mean, I'm with you. Um, all right. The other the other thing is the Browns have signed Joe Flacco to the practice squad. So uh, they rolled yesterday with Dorian Thompson Robinson, with PJ Walker as the backup, and now Flacco uh, will be in the in the quarterback room as well. So they'll go DTR. Uh, PJ Walker and then Flacco will be their crew. Smart move. You get a veteran in there. Case yeah, and plus goes down. Flacco continues to get paid. I mean, <laughs> Flacco is is good at collecting checks, man. He is very good at that. Um, but we'll get it. Let's get into that game uh, when we come back because the Browns beat the Steelers thirteen to ten. We'll hit a bunch of other games that we haven't yet gotten to, and we will give our predictions uh, for this game as well. So we'll get a quick timeout in. We'll come back. We'll continue with the football and Eagles discussion. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, 
We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back, everybody. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging out with you on this Monday. And by the way, tomorrow we'll have full-blown, full-blown Eagles coverage coming off of this game, as we always do, Tone. We, we will break it down like no other show. Uh, yeah. Can't wait for the game tonight, that's for sure. Uh, all right, so a couple things. Mention this one. The uh, the Browns beat the Steelers. This was not one you want to you want to send to Canton from an offensive perspective, but they win 13-10. to 10. And they do what they got to do. Uh, that's that's kind of what Cleveland's turned into, a really tough team that that survives, quite frankly. They've overcome now losing, what, their their quarterback, their running back, and uh, they're up to 7-3, and three, Tone. I mean, they have yeah, the second man, most crazy. wins in the AFC. It's pretty impressive. And and they won a few of those games without Deshaun Watson. You know exactly. what I mean? I think they yeah. won at least three or four of those games without him. So, yep. Yep. you know, they, they've kind of been this team that just – you don't want to go into it thinking they're just going to lay down and die. They're led by that defense. Um, coach Stefanski is coaching his behind off, man. Yeah. Um, he's like, I don't think he gets enough credit, man. Uh, they're talented all across the board. They just keep having these very impact. They just keep having these injuries at these high leverage positions for them. You know, losing Nick Chubb and then losing Deshaun Watson for the season. It's unfortunate. 
But they're a team which you have to go into every matchup thinking that they can beat you because what they're, what they're going to do is the defense is going to elevate that offense and they're going to keep that game within reach and they're going to force you to make mistakes and they're going to always give their offense a shot in the game. So that's the one thing about when you when you play the Browns. They're always in it because of that defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so they, they keep rolling and Pittsburgh has got problems, man. Uh, so, you know, Pickett has been not great. So yesterday, 15 to 28. <laughs> 106 yards, less than four yards per completion. He was sacked three times and a 62.5 passer rating. So the, mm. the question is, I'm not telling you Trubisky's great. I, I, you know, when we talk about these backups, nobody is is pretending like they're Nick Foles that's going to come off the bench and, and go crazy. But yeah, I think it, it, you're getting Mike Tomlin's in that danger zone, man. I, I might, I might make a move here. Just saying. See, here's the, here's the thing. I don't think he will. Um, at the end of the day, they invested a first round pick in Kenny Pickett, and the and, and, and the way the Steelers do business, they're you know they're going to ride it out until that contract ends. I firmly believe that, man. Um, there's nothing remotely redeeming about Kenny Pickett's game, and I think he's better than Zach Wilson for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, but look at the bar we're setting. But, but, but that's the bar. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, what are we what doing? Kind of Digging into the that? ground to set that bar? Oh, my goodness. That's like that's like getting cheated on. And she says, well, I mean, at least it wasn't your best friend. You still cheated on me. What do you mean? At least it wasn't your brother. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like, what are you talking about? So, you know, the, the Steelers, man, they definitely have a decision to make, though. Yeah. Um, what year is well, – as a matter of fact, where is Kenny Pickett in his career? What is he in year three? Second, I think. Let me double check this. I thought because... it was only his second year. Um, let me see this because because yeah, because I thought in, he took over for Trubisky last year in his rookie year. I let's thought. find out. Let's find out here. So Kenny Pickett is in. Okay, he's in year three currently. No, I'm sorry, he's in year two. Damn. Okay, he's in year two. Yeah. So uh, uh here's the thing: they're going to let him play. He's going to ride out this year, and they're going to let him play next year as well. But best believe this though: they're not picking up that fifth year option. That's almost guaranteed if you ask me. They're not picking that up at all. I think I think they're I think they're willing to let him walk and then just hit the reset button at quarterback. Could be. Yeah, it, it could be. I just I don't I don't know that this is the answer. Um, you know, oh, we know. Oh, we know. Yeah, and, and, and you're, you're again, you're wasting some pretty good defensive efforts. You give up 13 in a game, you should win. Uh yeah, man. You should win. Plain and simple. Um uh, and again, props to the Browns because they they do whatever they have to do. Oh, yeah, for sure, like for sure, definitely don't want to take it away from them. But let's be honest: if the Steelers had any competent quarterback play, they win that game. I agree. I agree. Uh, Dolphins beat the Raiders twenty to thirteen. Uh, significant because you know with, with the again we're talking about the top of the standings in the AFC. So the Dolphins keep doing their thing, which obviously they need to do here. They're leaking oil to me. Yeah, they're not quite. What they're certainly not as impressive as the way they started the season. Um, the only team they try right now, they'd be the two seed behind the Ravens, who are eight and three. They're seven and three. But what, tell me, give me your thoughts on on what's going on there. Mm. You know, Miami. There, you know, their their defense is playing better now that Jalen Rams is back. They're playing way better. You know, let, let's just make that clear. But offensively, there's there's something missing now. I I, I don't know if teams are starting to figure out what they're doing, mm-hmm. but there's something off about them on the offensive side of the ball. Let's really go through this really quickly. So, 
Yep. All right. Against the Raiders, they won. Only put up 20 points. The Chiefs, they lost. Only put up 14 points. Right? Yeah. They beat the Patriots, but they are who they are. They put up 31 points. And then the Eagles, they only put up 17 points. In the past four weeks, they haven't put up. And in the past four weeks, they've only had one game of scoring more than 20 points. And that was against the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Only 17 points against Eagles, uh, 14 against Chiefs, uh, 20 against the Raiders. Well, I'm sorry. They've had two games of putting up 20 more points. Let me let me change that a little bit. They've only had one game with only put up 20 more, 21 or more points. So they, the offense has not been as explosive over the past four weeks, if you ask me. Um, again, what do you think the issue is? I'm, I'm looking at them like the talent is still there. Uh, they got they got I chained back, um, but he got hurt again. But they they put they, they kind of put him on the pitch count where he got hurt again, yeah. something like that. And it's the same knee. Same so, knee. So. I'd be a little worried about that one if I'm them. I, I'm I'm trying to be careful with that dude to have him in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, right now, now, granted, the next four weeks are relatively favorable. Yeah. They got Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets. Yeah, they can get. Then right. the they final can. three game stretch is their toughest: Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. I think they're going to go one and three in that stretch. Yeah, um, but they could they could rip off the next four though. Yeah, if they can rip off the next four, that'll put them at what uh, eleven and three. Uh, eleven and three. Yeah, and they end the season what twelve and five. I think it'll be close. I, I, I think I think that's right where they're at: twelve and five, eleven and six. Yeah, it's gonna be close. I mean, the question is how how big a hit do the Ravens take without Mark Andrews? Like how mm. how does that impact them offensively, and how much stress are you putting on your defense? It's crazy. I mean, it seems like almost all these AFC, especially, but it's really everywhere. But, you know, AFC teams are affected by injuries in a massive way. You know, the Ravens lose Andrews, the Browns lose Deshaun Watson, Cincinnati's lost Burrow. I mean, Cincinnati's kind of fading a little bit, I think. But, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about a lot of injuries, uh, you know, in the AFC uh, for sure. And in the NFC, I mean, Kirk Cousins is out of there. Minnesota's trying to win. Uh, they lost last night, you know, but they're not out of it. But still, it's uh, it's tough. Um, the Raiders, it was, it was their first loss under Antonio Pierce. So right. They're two and one under him. Yeah. Five and six on the season, uh, for them at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're not a playoff team and, you know, I'm curious to see what they're like, what they're going to do at that coaching spot. I'm curious to know what they're going to do at the quarterback position as well in the off season, because, you know, do, do they draft the quarterback? Do they try to get one of these, um, Quarterbacks in free agency and, and, and get a bridge guy. Uh, I mean, I think they're crazy if they don't draft a quarterback. I think they're nuts if that if they don't go that route. I, I mean, what are you going to go with? I mean, do you I, unless they really believe in Aiden O'Connell? I mean, I, I I don't know. Maybe they do, but uh. let me ask you this: Let's let's spitball a little bit. What if the Raiders decided to trade for Justin Fields? What, what does that look? What does that look like to you? I don't the the answer is I don't know because I don't I don't know I didn't see, I haven't seen enough to write him off or tell you I think he's being just just killed by being on a garbage team. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it's worth a, a, a risk. If you're not drafting a quarterback, take a chance on Fields. You have O'Connell there and and try and strengthen yourself elsewhere. I could see that. I mean, I could definitely see that. Yeah, um, I don't yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't think Justin Fields finishes his contract, his, his rookie contract with the Bears. They're drafting a quarterback. Um, I, I would like the Bears are so impulsive. I could definitely see them trading fields on draft night or something, um, getting some extra picks or whatever, and then 
But the question is, who, where does he go? Yeah. Um, the Steelers are a team that don't really they, they don't really make those kind of moves. So it's kind of hard to see them doing that because that goes that goes against their culture. Yeah. Um, could Justin Fields end up in, in Vegas with the Raiders? Could Justin Fields end up uh in New England? Could he end up in Atlanta? That's an that's interesting as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. So they're one of the teams that um, basically what Bill O'Brien said today was without saying it, we're going to have to see who does the best in practice this week. So it's no oh, guarantee yeah. that it's going to be Mac Jones. So that, that thing is still could go a lot of different ways. Let me, I, I meant to bring this up too, to just to throw this in there also a um, uh, couple of injuries. Uh, to make note of uh, for the Browns, Roddy McLeod, former Eagle, great guy by the way. Yeah, uh, I met I met him at the Maxwell Awards oh man, two he years is ago. An awesome human being, cool dude, man. Just like he, he man, he was just man, he was talking, st- literally standing shoulder to shoulder, just talking for about 10, 15 minutes. Just a cool dude, just yeah. humble guy, man. Took the time out to talk to me, man. It's a shame he's done for the year. Uh, he tore his bicep. Um, uh, he's playing for Cleveland, for people who didn't know. Yeah, so he. Damn. He's done for the season. Uh, that's a big one. So they had some other injuries as well uh, that they're dealing with. But that's a shame because he, I, I, I root for that guy, man. Yeah, I like Ryan. He, he's a, he's a, he's a real guy, a real dude. Yes. You know yep. I mean? yep. He's, uh, he is definitely that guy. So that's a shame um, for him. But you know, I think, look, you, you look around elsewhere at some of the other games. It was not. Let, let's be real about this. Other than, tonight is obviously the granddaddy here. It was not a great slate. I mean, you had Bears, Lions. Chargers, Packers, Raiders, Dolphins, Giants, Commanders, Cowboys, Panthers, Titans, Jaguars, Cardinals, Texans. You know, Bucks, Bucks, like 49ers is okay. Jets, Bills, Rams. The game, see, the games had some kind of tension towards the end, but when you think about it just from a pure matchup standpoint, it wasn't like sexy yeah. at all. Yeah. No, no, far from it. Far from it. Um, all right. So let's. Let's circle it back and show we're going to give our predictions, but let's just circle it back to where we are gut wise, just where we are gut wise with this game. And we went through some of the other matchups. You know, what we didn't get to was the quarterbacks really, you know, in full. So you have Mahomes healthy where he wasn't necessarily in the Super Bowl, though I don't, I don't know that he was as hurt as they were making him out to be, but nonetheless, right. you have him uh, in this game healthy. You have Isaiah Pacheco who had a good game against them last year. Yeah, the Eagles' run defense is way better. They're number one in the league. Um, the, the biggest question is, can you do enough to contain Mahomes, Reed, and Kelsey? And and that you know, obviously that's big. But do you get a sense that the Chiefs will be able to run the ball tonight? Can the Eagles do what they've done to almost every team this season and make them one dimensional? No, I don't think the Chiefs can run the ball tonight at all. Okay, um, they're going to try though. Yep, they're going to try for sure. Um, but my confidence is so high in that Eagles run defense. And also, I'm also thinking about the trends. When teams won't be able to help themselves but to pass the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, when you know, when there's a pass run uh, ratio of teams throwing the ball 70% of the time against the Philadelphia Eagles versus 30 versus 30% run, teams are telling you they can't help themselves but but, but, but to test this Eagles secondary. Don't be surprised. If the Chiefs, you know, you know, you see them on several series throwing the ball on first down. Yep. They're not going to be able to help themselves. So I just don't think they're I, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball 
but I also don't think they're going to be willing to commit to it long enough because you can't, you, you, you got to scratch the itch, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles hold them under 75 rushing yards, honestly. Uh, I do too. I, I don't see that changing. Um, I, I don't think, I think the Chiefs offensive line is good. I don't think it's great. I, I think the reason their sack totals low is, is in large part because Mahomes is, yeah, is their strength little. is in the interior. That's their yes. strength. Yes. And it's the Eagles strength too. Mm-hmm. Strength on strength. I mean, when you're talking about it, especially against the run with Carter and and Davis and Milton Williams and Fletcher Cox, you're really good against the run. So that's big, and that's all the more reason if they're not running it well that the defensive line should be able to do some damage in this thing. But we know Andy's always got tricks up his sleeve. Yeah, yeah that, that's the do- thing. And Jake, I agree with Jake. Giving Andy Reid two weeks to prepare worries it worries me too. No, that's a that's a real concern, Jake, for sure. Uh, the reality is this too. They're going to be more. They're going to be creative, right? They're going to do yeah. everything they can to get that running game involved. You're going to see jet sweeps with Sky Moore, jet sweeps with Kadarius Tony. They're going to try every which way to get that running game involved and catch the Eagles' defense off balance. Um, they're going to want to slow down that pass rush. They're going to try to get. The, they're going to try to get those guys running sideline to sideline. Watch, watch. But I, but in the end, I don't think they'll be able to get off running the ball. I just I, I just don't. I have a hard time believing. All right. Well, I think I mentioned this to you Friday, but I'm going to say it again. I want Nick Sirianni to be the aggressive guy that he's been the large majority of his career as the Eagles. Uh, agreed. Uh, yeah, I just don't 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 change. He, don't change. He, he changed a little bit in the Super Bowl, not a ton, but a little bit. Just stay who you stay committed to who you are, and, and don't and and look the consequences be damned. Just just be who you are. Your players feed off of that. They appreciate that, and it's what's gotten you to the success that you had. Don't change it up because you're going against the Chiefs and, the, and Andy Reid. Stay, stay true to who you are. And players, players can sense it. They can, oh, yeah. they, they, they can sense when coaches get a little tight, you know, because they have trends. And when players be like, hold on, wait, it's fourth and two. We ain't going for that. Well, fourth and one, we ain't going for that. They, they, they teams, other teams smell blood in the water. You know what I mean? If it's a situation where the Eagles are at their own 45, right? Yeah. And it's fourth and one. And he decides to punt. The Chiefs won their game. Yeah, it's bad sign on both. It's a bad sign. Yep, this this smell blood. I I think you're right. I I and again, I don't think he. I think he's probably won't come out publicly and say this, but I I think that he's probably if he had to do it over again, he would have been, you know, aggressive guy, a la Doug of Peterson course. against the. Of the course, Patriots. you gotta listen. You gotta coach like you're never gonna get there again. And Sirianni was coaching like he uh, will get. He was coaching like he, like he was coaching like he thought they had this thing made or something. Like, nah, yeah. man, you got to coach like yeah, it's never gonna see daylight again. <laughs> you feel me? Yes. All that right. was the difference between Doug and um Nick that night. All right. So, uh, Mel Stan for life asks, uh, do you think uh, DeAndre Swift and TD? Uh, Tony, you brought it up earlier. You have him as your player of the game. I do think he gets a touchdown tonight. I actually. do. I actually do. You know, I, th- I think I think Swift is going to have a very strong game, a very strong outing. I think he's going to have over 100 yards from scrimmage today. Um, I don't know. I just had this feeling that Swift is well rested, coming off the bye week, man. Um, I think the Eagles are going to. I think the Eagles are going to really lean into a balanced attack. Uh, it's going to be raining, so I expect them to run the ball at minimum 25 to 30 times tonight. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift goes for over 100 yards from scrimmage, one touchdown. He probably he's probably going to have maybe between seventeen to twenty touches, including rushing attempts and and um pass and um balls caught. So that, that's where I'm at with DeAndre Swift, man. Um, and again, that's not to say that other guys are going to have bad games. I just think DeAndre Swift is going to be the uh the wild card for the Chiefs. 
No, I think it's fair. I, the other thing is, um, you know, both wide receivers had good games against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I know Kansas City's uh, defensive backs are good and they're a year older, which makes you that much wiser and better and all that. Um, but until I see somebody contain A.J. Brown, I go into this thinking A.J. Brown's going to have another big game. And I think you're going to see increased touches for uh, Devontae. This could be a big game for both. Absolutely, man. Um I'm curious to know how the Eagles are going to approach their game plan, you know, with the weather conditions. Um, are they going to overreact? Are they going to still try to play their game? Sometimes I go into games and I, and I have no idea what they're going to do because they're so talented. You know, like they, they can win in so many different ways. There are some teams when you you know how they, you know how they want to win. You right. know, you, you know, the kind of game they want to happen for their, you know, for their respective team. The Eagles, on the other hand, listen, you give them a hand, well, whatever hand you deal them, they're going to play them. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is this is going to be a fascinating matchup. Again, there's so much involved with it from an emotional perspective, from a storyline narrative. From an, uh, it's going to have MVP uh, implications. Um, just, just a great matchup, Rob. You know this 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 is what it's all about. I agree. This is what it's all about, man. Monday night, the world watching two quarterbacks playing at the top of their crafts right now. What more can you ask for? Everyone is as healthy as they possibly can be. What more can you ask for? A Super Bowl rematch like this on this stage, you just it doesn't happen often, man. So. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I mean, I look, I think we're all to the point where we're like, please play the game already. Like, I don't know that we needed this to carry to Monday after a bye week. I would have loved the game been over, honestly. Me, me too. But but hey, look, whatever. We're here now. Okay. At least we got to <laughs> got to Monday. So we're here now. So let let's see it. But I think I think I look at AJ uh to have a good game. I, I'm really, you know, Jalen said during the week the knee in his own way. He's not going to come over, be over the top with it, but the knee is feeling better. He's not wearing the brace. So he's going to be out there, you know, capable of doing more in this game. Uh, I told you earlier, I think it could be a little bit of a Julio Jones game. So watch out for Julio and maybe some of those tight end situations, but that's going to be the big thing. And the, and the other part is don't let those mediocre receivers hurt you. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. This is where we're going to find out if Slay and Bradbury are up to the task here in the second half, because as much as Buffalo has been all over the place, you're still going to be dealing with Stefan Diggs and that crew. And then the mm-hmm. week after that, San Francisco and what they bring to the table week after that, Dallas week after that, Seattle. So you better, you better show out here against yeah. these guys. There's no better situation to get yourself together, man. You're going up against these mediocre receivers yet. They have extreme competence at the, you know, at yeah. the uh, quarterback position. Um, You're going to be the best of the best of the best of the best. So um, there's only so much Mahomes can do to make those guys look great. So again, all I'm looking for on the defensive side, I'm not looking for I'm not looking for perfection. I'm not looking for greatness. I'm looking for competence. That's that's the that, that's the key word for this defense tonight. Competence. Yeah. Well, more so the defensive backs. But yep. the defense as a whole, we're looking for competence. That's all. Agreed. All right, before we get our Eagles predictions, I want to throw a couple other things in there. Kelly Oubre doing some things at practice today, shooting jumpers. Uh, you know, running, running some drills with the coaches. Uh, looks like he's moving around pretty decently. I, I don't know where any, what, I have no idea what happened. Let's just hope it goes away. Yeah. And maybe at some point we'll find out, but I, it's been quiet on that front. Who, <laughs> who knows? Just, just be on the lookout for the uh, Kelly Uber documentary. You know, it's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, so, these, these days documentaries are coming out like that. Uh, <laughs> like, so, I mean, listen, be, be on the lookout, man. The, the mysterious, the ghost. The ghost hit and run. The ghost of hit and runs passed. Let's yeah. call it that. But even all that aside, it, it's a good sign, at least, that he's 
moving around. It looks like he, it doesn't look like he's having any, and I know obviously it's different when you have contact, he's out there just shooting Jays and, and whatever, but I think he's a little closer than maybe we anticipated. I think w- when we heard significant amount of time, I'd expect a couple more weeks and then he's back. So that's good for a team that, you know, they need him depth wise. They don't have a ton of depth right now. Yeah. Ubre uh, certainly gave them a, a, a burst, but Tomb's been good for them. Yeah. Um, but but getting him back would be big for the Sixers team, who I believe is back at it tomorrow. So. Yeah, and, yeah, and also you know, significant in, in basketball terms versus NFL terms are just two different two different words. You know, what I mean, yeah. if someone says significant time in NFL terms, you're thinking you're thinking half the season at least. Yeah, you know, in, in basketball terms, significant time what three weeks, four right. weeks. Yeah, you, you have so much season left. <laughs> they get the Cleveland tomorrow, so that'd be that'd be a nice little test. Yeah, you know, for sure, sure. Despite a Mitchell and the crew. Spider, uh, spider. All right. So, uh, all right, let, let's look at this thing, Tone. Uh, we got about five ish minutes, about four minutes left in show. Tell me how you're looking at this. Uh, give me, mm. give me your, your themes, your storylines and how you see it playing out here for the, uh, for the Eagles chiefs. Uh, I had the Philadelphia Eagles win this, win this game 26 to 23. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a messy game. Um, I think, I think both teams are going to have, their own versions of struggle in the red zone. Um, I don't think I don't think this is going to be a big passing game uh, from either quarterback. Um, but if there is one, it's going to be Mahomes because they're going to be playing from behind. Um, like I said, I think I think this game has to be won equally in the air and on the ground. Um, they have to have a balanced attack. Like you know, like we always say, it's not a it's not it's not a run first team or a pass first team. It's a Jalen Hurts. It's a Jalen Hurts um, led team. Um, so I think it's going to be so important to see just how stable that knee is, um, just how comfortable he is back there doing what he normally does. I would love to see the Philadelphia Eagles incorporate the RPO back into um, what they do. Force those uh, force those Chiefs defenders to to think an extra second or two. Um, stop them in their tracks, which can create so much opportunity for guys like. Uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, in that offensive line, it's going to be so important to get those guys um, involved in the game. Um, again, like I said, yeah, uh, defense has to be competent. Okay, they have okay. to be competent. I got Eagles twenty six twenty three. All right, um, I I think that uh, it, it's I think it's a, a tight game. I think this is going to be uh, not not surprisingly. By the way, the the point spread went down to two and a half for what it's if you care. Uh, it was three. Eagles are, are getting two and a half. Um, I think it's a very close game. I think the point spread is about uh, reflective of what this game is going to look like. Um, I, I, my problem with the game tone ultimately is I, I think the Eagles offense will be fine against a really good Chiefs defense. I just I hate to say it. I, I just don't – I don't think they're going to be able to stop Mahomes. I, I just I'm, – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Until I see Bradbury and Slay play better – I have to go under this this assumption that they're going to be able to move the ball. I think it's a late. Ugh, I think it's a late game win by the Chiefs. I think it's a final drive field goal, kind of like the Super Bowl, and that's just the way I feel. I can't come on here and lie to you. I can't do it. I hope the Eagles win. I want you tomorrow to say you took the Chiefs, you suck, and I want everybody in the chat section to kill me. But oh, I'm, not, I'm not going to say you suck. I'm just going to call you insane. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, and c- consistently remind you that you uh, joke, yeah, you yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to. I'm not going to do. You're my friend. I love you, yes. man. I'm not going to do that to you. But last you know, time I this is as I hear here it comes. Uh, senior football. Last time I listened to Rob is today. If Eagles win, okay, fair enough. 
Fair enough. I get it. I get it. I won't listen to me either. Oh, my goodness. Oh remember, my you guys. Remember, you guys. Rob is also the one that said he was going two and three over the stretch. Remember I did. That. So, remember yeah, that. Thanks, so, thanks um, for piling on. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, but it's all love. It's all yeah. love. Listen, hey, we're going to come in. We're going to come in tomorrow. And yes. regardless of the outcome, I'm going to have to wear it. You're going to have to wear it. We'll, we'll hit it from every angle. We're, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about what went right and what went wrong. From all angles, man. But Jim G's unliking the like button. <laughs> unliking the like that's button. That's awesome. hilarious. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. All like right. it for me, you guys. Like it for me, at least. Yes, I like got this one to 26 23. What's your score, by the way? It's exactly. Um 28 27 Chiefs. Oh, uh, you're, not commi- you're not committal. Uh, uh, it's, 28, a dagger. <laughs> it's a dagger. All right. Uh fun show. We're back at it tomorrow. we again, we'll hit it from every angle tomorrow. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat section, everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are the best. And uh, don't go anywhere. You got the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Please, if you can, please contribute to uh, to the GoFundMe for Trish and Derek Gunn. They are going through a really tough time right now. Anything you do is great. Much appreciated, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, take care. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.